evil of a different kind of energy. The music getting louder. And soon the whole wide world gonna hear about we through the power of the circus. I can feel it in my veins and capillaries like a blessing from the Father. And now we jumping on the notes and the melodies start to show up all your Anna, Anna, hey, party, party, party. Back down is the same 
Monday, good morning. It's the start of a new week. Hope you're ready to get it going. Today we're doing it in Soka Stally. A big thank you to everyone listening online on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, a good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Monday, February 13, 2023. Move it Monday. We do it in Soka Stally. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee Until World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on TikTok, Moments With Me Media, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on Twitter, me media me media moments <laughs> and the mean everything is am i all right we're gonna go ahead and get into the headlines we have coming up for you today
Canadian Prime Minister to meet with CARICOM leaders in the Bahamas. Out of the Cayman Islands, cleaning company finds almost 500 rounds of ammunition in Red Bay. The United Nations Human Rights Chief calls on international powers to help Haiti. Passport rush blamed on U.S. policy stalls adoptions in Haiti. St. Vincent's Prime Minister says country must maintain reputation as a safe place. In Trinidad and Tobago, judiciary on attorney's death procedures in place for emergency. And in Jamaica, this one, I'm like, is this even real? Am, did I read the headline right? I'm not sure, but somebody help me make sense of this one. Kaylin Dowdy's 41, 41 million dollar hospital bill. How does someone get a $41 million hospital bill in Jamaica? Somebody explain that to me. Uh, St. Anne cops moving to quash illegal rafting in White River, Ogerius. And a teenager lands in jail with 15 years hanging over his head after a gunfight. We're going to have those stories and more. Out of Latin America, the Dominican Republic to deportations who allegedly assaulted police. On the international scene, we have quite a big quite a bit going on another australian ministry to remove chinese made cameras cameroon president's 90th birthday marked by a cocktail of woes china says the u.s balloons breached airspace in at least 10 times social media restricted in ethiopia as church rift turns violent an angry mob lynches a man accused of blasphemy in pakistan uh, over 4,000 children abused by Portugal's Catholic Church. Uh, Turkey, Syria earthquake. We have live updates on that. And um, death toll surpasses 33,000. And contractors are facing lawsuits in light of that. Police have arrested 15 after violent protests outside UK refugee hotel and for those who are going to Amsterdam for the red light district there are some changes being made as far as cannabis and sex workers are concerned in news out of North America what we know about the mysterious flying objects downed by the US the indigenous tribe sues the US over lack of Pine Ridge law enforcement um Florida and DeSantis staying in the news uh, yeah, Florida passes a bill backing DeSantis's push to relocate migrants. And the college board slams Florida for what it calls slander of AP Black History course. The Republicans are saying that they're not going to cut Social Security. So why does it keep coming up? Oh boy, in news, business and tech news, a New Jersey Italian restaurant to ban children under 10 years old interesting we're going to talk about that for sure um if anyone on here uses olapex in their hair we have an update where that is concerned in our black history month highlight we're going to talk about roberto clemente and why a book about him has been removed from florida public schools okay and the sports news we know that the chiefs 
you know, took it home. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah. But there's also the other side of the coin that we need to talk about. Brain injuries, race and denial in the NFL. And believe it or not, stories. A Miami woman is under investigation being sued by people who thought that they were buying discounted airline vouchers. And Texas authorities are searching for a mom of two after she left her children home alone for two months this story i've been following since last week where some black ranchers have been arrested after years of harassment from white neighbors i think they own like a thousand acres we're going to talk about that and yes um some men are in deep depression uh this morning because um they're not the ones who you know impregnated rihanna so yeah, my husband is one of them. He's in deep mourning. Chief, you're, you know, it's not you either. <laughs> yes, many men, many men, many, many men are in deep depression. <laughs> After Rihanna bared her baby bump on the Super Bowl. We're going to have these stories and more coming up after this music break. Here's a little bit more soak it away because up. And get us going, get the blood pumping, keep it locked. You feel it? 
And it is time for us to go ahead and get started. And we're kicking it off in the Caribbean corner. So before I get into the details, thank you so much for bringing me up to speed, Dre, and I have to let everyone know, good morning. So I just want to thank you moments for extending your platform for Peter Gracie. He won the election and is now the new councilman for the 13th Southern, I can't speak this word in Southern states. If you voted, Folks, anyone listening online and anyone here on Clubhouse, if you voted for Peter Gracie, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those are the sentiments being um, passed on. Thank you, Dre, for letting us know. Thank you so much. And I'm sure he's in good spirits. If you're able to speak, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is, he is. He's in Jamaica right now, and um, he's a little busy, but he's in good spirit. So um, it's time for him to hit the floor running and um, let him know that, you know, how we Jamaicans are. I think he already knows we're tough. So, um, and we're going to be expecting much from him. We know it's not going to be an easy role. We know that he has to get up to speed, so on and so forth. But, um, I'm sure he can look forward to the support that he will get from the Jamaicans in the diaspora as we seek to better our country. And it is our hope that as he takes our messages, you know, in his role as liaison, so to speak, that they will be so inclined and they, meaning those who are in parliament, will be so inclined to listen to listen to the suggestions, the recommendations that are coming from the folks in the diaspora. Because when you think about it, they rely heavily on the diaspora to keep the economy going. Billions of dollars pumped into that country through various mean, means. The number one medium is um, whether it is Western Union, MoneyGram, wire transfers that sort of thing so we should have a say we ought to have a say and all we want is for our country to be better that's all we want be have proper guidance be led <laughs> properly <laughs> we want to see corruption extinct we want that to be removed we don't want it to be synonymous with our country and when we think about politics and anything that needs to get done when it relates to the infrastructure that you know we can't rely on our own citizens to take the helm so there's a lot going on so he'll have our support undoubtedly and we're gonna hold him to it <laughs> all right okay Dre thanks once again for the update for our first story uh, Canadian Prime Minister to meet with CARICOM leaders in the Bahamas, story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. Prime Minister of Canada Justin Trudeau has announced that he will travel to Nassau, the Bahamas, on February 15 and 16. 
to participate as a special guest in the 44th meeting of the Conference of Heads of Government of the Caribbean Community, CARICOM. At CARICOM, which brings together the leaders of 20 Caribbean governments, the Prime Minister will drive progress on shared priorities, including continued support for the Haitian people. The visit will provide an opportunity for the leaders to consider further regional political, security, and humanitarian assistance in support of the Haitian people and Haitian-led solutions to the ongoing situation in Haiti, which is having a devastating impact on the Haitian people. As a steadfast partner, Canada has taken action in response to the egregious situation, including by providing support to the Haitian National Police, deploying a long-range patrol aircraft to disrupt the activities of gangs, coordinating the delivery of vital security equipment purchased by the Haitian government, providing humanitarian support, and implementing robust sanctions on those responsible. As CARICOM celebrates its 50th anniversary, the Prime Minister will participate in group discussions and bilateral meetings with CARICOM leaders. He will work to strengthen Canada's partnership with countries in the Caribbean region, including by advancing democracy, human rights, economic growth that benefits everyone, and developing clean energy. The Prime Minister will also work with CARICOM leaders to increase trade and investment between Canada and the Caribbean to create jobs and growth and advocate for climate action and resilience for the region, which is particularly vulnerable to climate change and natural disasters. As a steadfast partner, Canada continues to work with CARICOM to build a more secure, stable and prosperous, prosperous world. In our next story, we head on over to the Cayman Islands. Story courtesy of cayman.loopnews.com. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service said that on Monday, February 6, officers responded to a report that a number of rounds of ammunition had been found by a cleaning company during a clearing of a cesspool at an address in the Red Bay area. According to the RCIPS, officers attended the location and oversaw the full clearing of the cesspool, which resulted in a total of nearly 500 rounds of ammunition of various calibers being recovered. The RCIPS said that the matter is currently under investigation and anyone with any information is being asked to contact the Georgetown CID at 949-4222. Human Rights Chief of the United Nations calls on international powers to help Haiti. The United Nations Human Rights Chief has urged the international community to consider deploying a specialized armed force to Haiti, warning that violent gangs are creating a living nightmare for thousands of people. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. The appeal from UN Human Rights Commissioner on Friday came at the end of a two-day visit to Haiti at the request of its government, which has found itself unable to control the gangs, the killings, raping, and pillaging in a growing number of neighborhoods. Violence has spiked in the impoverished country since the July 2021 assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moïse. It is time for the international community to help the Haitian authorities regain full control so this suffering can be stopped, Turks said. 
He added that since multiple crises around the world are competing for attention, he feared the situation in Haiti is not receiving the urgent spotlight that it deserves. Hours later, at an Organization of American States meeting in Washington, D.C., the United States government said it was continuing to discuss the international with international partners the possibility of sending a multinational force composed primarily of police. We're hearing from government leaders, but we're not hearing from the people exactly what it is that they're wanting, needing, that will make them bring an end to this because clearly they're not being heard. I don't agree with the raping. I don't agree with the killing. I don't agree with the pillaging. I agree with none of it. But Jovenel Moïse was assassinated in 2021. We're almost two years. We're coming upon two years. We're five months away. What is it that they're wanting? And is it that what they're asking for their leaders or whomever is just not listening? There has to be a meeting in the middle. There has to be some sort of compromise. The negotiations, are they even having conversation? That's the question. Because we're hearing, we're constantly hearing international bodies, you know, and <laughs> crying out, saying that Haiti needs help. But I'm not hearing anything about what exactly they're wanting so that the gangs can, you know, stop. What, what are the gangs wanting, really? We know that there are issues when it comes to the economy. We know that there are issues when it comes to oil, food. We know that there are serious issues. But are the gangs also understanding that the killing of their own people, their own citizens, the raping of their own women and children, and the children and the pillaging is not, it's not working. When is it going to end? You're self-inflicting. You're committing suicide. You're killing your own people. When does it end? What is there to be gained out of killing your own citizens, especially those in the very same communities from which you come? What's the point? Me personally, I think it's just ridiculous now. Something needs to happen because it's, it, I don't know. Go, go ahead, Apple. Good morning. Grand Rising, Grand Rising, everybody. Um, yeah, um, what name? Um, one of the lead, uh, the, I guess my son, Rebel, or whatever it is, um, barbecue. Him actually sit down with some of these new stations before now. Him sit down with Al Zazira, you know what I mean? And other news station that went over here, and you might know, tell the people them what take place and what the people them want and all them so this. What so. is it? What is he saying that the people want, Apple? What is he saying? What has he said? Well, like me, I said, like 
with the condition we are going right. Well, first of all, them said they don't want um, like international body to interfere because like them are the same one who cause a problem. Also, okay. they must say with certain situations that take place on the ground after the assassination of the uh, you know, prime minister president. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you must talk about. He also mentioned about um, we call that something um, like the, the state where the people them are living in, or the more better infrastructure, uh, you know what I mean? So basic needs, basically, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and stuff like that. Uh, if you want, we can send you the, the video. Them they're right on YouTube. Me, I look at them right, right now. Right, but my, my my thing is okay. So they're crying out for improvement of the infrastructure, better living conditions, but mm. they're destroying what they have. <laughs> so I don't get well, it. You're destroying what you have to get something mm. else. So you're asking for better. And then well, what? Well, I don't know where him, I, I do still know because it's like I'm more than just one, um, we call it one gang, a fight against, you know what I mean, each other. So one want certain, next one gang wants certain things, the other gang wants certain stuff. So uh, I'm say the, the best thing for just um watch the interview with them uh in the one with al zero what two two weeks what is two weeks ago and the one with uh nbc news he report on a one year about three months ago uh yeah and him also with one year ago so it, 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 different different videos different different news me that went over there i tried to talk to him so far him the only one must kind of come out and say certain stuff so <laughs> i don't know if him one of them one day where they're on the good side or so i have no idea you know what i mean coming about them thing like that but you know i guess whatever my ask for it not really be uh heard you know what i mean so i don't know but i can't check it out still i'm near barbecue all right okay thank you Afo. appreciate that i don't know um yes you, you're, you're crying for these things you want these things um in your country but you're mashing up what you have wouldn't you try to preserve what you already have i don't know i don't know also out of haiti passport rush blamed on u.s policy stalls adoptions in haiti story courtesy of wsvn and this is courtesy of the associated press dozens of children are stuck in orphanages across haiti unable to leave the increasingly volatile country and start new lives with adoptive parents because a U.S. policy change has unleashed a rush for passports at Haiti's main immigration office. U.S. President Joe Biden announced last month that the U.S. will accept 30,000 people a month from Haiti, Nicaragua, Cuba, and Venezuela if they pass a background check and have an eligible sponsor and a passport to travel. The ensuing demand for Haitian passports has overwhelmed Haiti's passport office in the capital, Port-au-Prince, where people with appointments cannot squeeze through the aggressive crowd or secure new appointments. Meanwhile, adoptive parents say the U.S. State Department has declined to grant passport waivers as they worry their children will succumb to hunger, cholera, or gang violence. It is infuriating. That's according to Brian Hanlon, a a postal inspector who lives with his wife in Washington. They became the legal parents of Peterson 5 and Gina 6 last year and fear they won't be able to secure passports for the children and fly them out of Haiti, which has been in a 
downward spiral since the July 2021 assassination of President Jovenel Moise. Last year, the number of reported kidnappings in Haiti soared to 1,359, more than double the previous year, and 2,183 killings were reported, up by a third from 2021. This is according to the United Nations. Gangs are also raping women and children at an alarming rate, including those as young as 10. Armed groups have attacked more than a dozen schools and set one on fire, and they also have killed one student and kidnapped at least two teachers. This is according to UNICEF, UNICEF stats released on Thursday. Haiti also is fighting a deadly cholera outbreak and a spike in starvation. Last year, five-year-old Peterson became malnourished and had to be taken to a clinic where he was treated for a couple of months. Then in October, the siblings had to flee the orphanage with a caretaker as gangs raided the neighborhood, killing dozens of civilians and setting homes on fire. The violence that erupts as gangs fight over territory has left tens of thousands of Haitians homeless. With their orphanage abandoned because of the violence, the children had been taken by one of their caretakers to their home in southern Haiti, where they have remained. Hanlon says he and his wife send money to the caretaker, but that some days there is just no food to buy or fuel to cook it. Other times, she cannot leave the house to pick up the money because it's too dangerous. So in a case like this, does the or in cases like these, since there are several children who are waiting or parents who are not able to get their children out, does the embassy have a department that or are the or let me rephrase that. Let me back up and rephrase that. Is the embassy able to designate a team to handle those cases specifically? To separate them from the others. Yes, the number will count, and I, I, I don't want to make it seem as though, you know, I'm asking for favoritism or special treatment. No, what I'm saying is, can we group the children separately, those who are being adopted, since there is a grave concern, and since um, we're wondering what can be done to help in any which way possible. Let's focus on these children. Let's get them out. I don't know. Is that a reasonable suggestion? Is that too much to ask? Um, is it that they should not be adopting anybody? I don't know. I have a myriad of thoughts in my head because I've also heard of stories where the Haitians, some Haitians, I shouldn't say because I don't want to spread a blanket statement, but there are some Haitians who are not in favor of their children being adopted because they feel that their children will not necessarily get the best quote-unquote treatment. So I don't know. And they're, they're right to think that um, due to what happened the last time, uh, what was it, the earthquake, during the 20, 2010 earthquake, was my top boy, I'm going to help the kids, and you check it out, the kids were being trafficked. Uh, and abuse and, uh, and all sort of things. So them right folks think that way again. You know what I mean? We're not putting on, put on past these so-called people where pretend to come help you. You get me I say? It's been done before. Them do it in Africa <laughs> all the time. So psh, the people, them have a right folks think that way. You get me I say? 
Grand Rising. Good morning. Good morning. Grand Rising. Morning. I have to. I have to concur. You know, we. I think the one thing we 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 don't talk about in, as relate to Aiti's uh, drug cartels and drug trafficking. We we look at. We think that these gangs are like how we how we perceive gangs in the U.S. You know what I'm saying? And it's much deeper than that because anytime you have drug trafficking, you're going to have human trafficking. Right, those two businesses almost always inter intermesh with each other, and so um, one of the most overlooked aspects of what's happening, what has happened in IET over the past few years, is nobody's looking at the leadership and their connection to drug cartels, and why these why these particular presidents are being assassinated or being, you know, like I, I think it was two years ago when the president was. His home was invaded by gangsters, and it, it was actually drug cartel people who were looking for a particular list because the woman, one of the women who worked in the house, I think she was like a, a maid or something, she had told the police, she remembered them saying, that's not it, that's not the document, they were, whatever they were looking for, and they were trying to protect somebody's interest. Well, it's almost like as long as that list is missing, we're going to terrorize until somebody gives us what we're looking for. And, you know, it's like we don't we don't get that investigation. Like, who are these gangs? Where are they coming from and where are they getting their weapons from? That that kind of information, that's not coming out. We're getting all the surface stuff that's leaving us to assume a lot of things that are most likely wrong because, you know, they control the media. And that you think about who are who are all the players that are make that are benefiting from the the chaos that's happening in, in IT. When we answer those questions, I think we'll have a lot more clarity because like you said, moments, it is, it is completely insane. It is inhumane. And, and, but what we, what we end up doing, when we get surface material is we look at the people inflicting punishment on themselves. When you got other outlets who are clearly saying, this is not caused in that, why do you have the people going to the streets? The people are themselves are saying, we want an end to the violence. We want an end to corruption. They know that their leadership is directly involved in the corruption. So they're like, hey, if you're gonna destroy if, if you're gonna destroy the people, we're gonna destroy the country. We're gonna destroy all, all your institutions, all your businesses. Because even the current president talked about, you know, how he you had a relationship with the with the drug cartels, but now all his business is good. What what in the heck? Like, what kind of president can be a former drug cartel? <laughs> I mean, a, yeah, a, for, a, a former drug cartel member be a president, and then now say all his business institutions and business dealings are 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 no are no longer corrupt. Like, we're supposed to trust that. That's like somebody coming straight out of a drug drug dealing cartel in the U.S. and becoming president. Not that it hasn't happened, but because <laughs> there has been relations, as we know, during the Bush era specifically. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to say But, that. but here, here's the thing, though, Chief. And okay, so given everything that you just said, so let us say the leaders and, uh, allegedly are corrupt, linked to a lot of the corruption that has caused the denigration of the country. Now, by killing your own citizens, so you have the gangs who are already, I mean, I'm sorry, you have these leaders, these corrupt <coughs> leaders, who are already imposing um, criminal acts against humanity there. Why are the gangs then who are tired of this 
doing the same thing to the very people how isn't that um, defeating the whole purpose if you're gonna destroy the buildings destroy the buildings but leave people alone what's the, what so, is to be um, gained so out you of make, that you make a very good point and 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 again if you look at who these drug cartels who these who these gang leaders were in 2021 the majority of them were colombian mercenaries not even people from within Haiti. They were Colombian mercenaries. That's what we have to dig into. Like when they had saw all these 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 uh these things on C-SPAN and they had these hearings and all of that, we have to watch that stuff because they start to tell us who the players are that are involved and who's being indicted or who's being investigated or who's being arrested, who's being held in some private institution like Guantanamo. We, but we don't go that. We don't get that information. We don't go that far, and we certainly don't watch those C-SPAN hearings because it's like it's boring for mo you know for the normal person. You see, just get to the source. Tell me, tell me what the business. I don't have all day to watch this. And when you watch it, that's what you discover. You discover that these are not the people instigating. They're not just doing this on their own. So when they said, "Oh my God, you got all these Colombian mercenaries." Who are who are participating in these assassinations? Who are promoting these gangs? Who are recruiting gangs to do violence? That means if you live in an impoverished country and you know people are desperate as hell, you can give them money and create a cause that is based in an illusion and a complete lie. And all you need is enough people to start that that mission, as I, I, I prefer to call it. You, once you start that mission, it, it's based on nothing. We think it's based on. It's based on something that's like, whoa, are you serious? Wait a minute. So, because I was thinking just like you, you know, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why that, you know, why are we inflicting this kind of pain on each other? And we know we're suffering. All of us are suffering the same stuff. Well, you got external influences. You got people from the outside who are actually the leaders of these gangs who are not even from the country. So, so chief, okay, that point right there. People who are not from Haiti telling haitians what to do to each other shouldn't the haitians these gang members get up and say whoa 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 you're asking me to terrorize our own people does that no no matter they're how getting paid moments i get that yes, Missouri, but here's the thing so you, you 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 hold you value the money more than your people but really? if you're starving, let, let's put it in context. If you're, if, 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 if constantly stuff is going on there and you're hungry, your kids are hungry, and the group of people come in and offer you money in different positions, some people will take it and they will do anything. And it just snowballs after that. That's just my opinion. Thanks for letting me speak. You're welcome, Missouri. And I, and I totally understand what you're saying. But at what point do we get off the hamster's wheel? So it would be me being hungry, right? Somebody comes in and says, well, I can give you money to get rid of all the people you have in the room with, the, with you. And I am going to turn that gun and I'm going to kill all of you just for money. And then what? And then I keep doing it and I keep getting more money to me. And I may be off here. But in my opinion, 
at this point, I feel that Haiti is being allowed to self-destruct, to literally come down to nothing, and then people will be inclined to step in because now the value is worse than it is already is right now. They want it that, pretty much gone. That that is the most accurate statement. That is that is the most precise statement you have just said, right? Because that exact same thing is what happens in the U.S. Exact. I mean, word for word, verbatim. You everything you just said is so concise, and I know personally because I've been involved in these situations. Anytime you allow, let's just use the crack epidemic. During the crack epidemic, epidemic, you watch cops drive past crack houses, known crack houses, and not arrest anyone. And not one officer is ever held accountable for derelict of duty. Like, how do you drive past a crime that you visibly see? Mm -hmm. Then you go on television and ask the citizens in that community if you see anything reported to the police when the police themselves are witnessing it every single day then as long as you allow that crime to perpetuate in that community the property value plummets so that eventually you you set up the 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 the, the, uh, the recipe mm -hmm. for gentrification mm -hmm. property theft right you, you 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 create a whole level of crime that the people can't even deal with mm -hmm. so you have people who are who are actually having to murder their neighbor's children because they're robbing them or you're creating a dynamic because you got all these crack out crack uh, uh addicts who are stealing from your from your home or from your whatever and you have to deal with it and take justice into your home own hands in the freest country in the nation now you take a country like Haiti that is nowhere near the level of the United States as it relates to stability and ask yourself if American citizens cannot handle it. There is no way these people will ever be empowered enough or be allowed to have enough power to take control of their destiny because their destiny is being predicated by corruption. It is the corrupt trying to lead people and they're using communities against each other. Hey, how are you going to defend yourself from this community? We're going to bring you some weapons in so that you guys can defend yourselves. Okay, now who's going to benefit from that? The people who are destabilizing the country for a purpose, just like they do when they destabilize black communities across the U.S. It is all for profit. It is all about exploiting people. It is all about the exploitation of resources. And, and that's the short version. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely so right. Thank you so much, Chief. Thank you. St. Vincent's Prime Minister says country must maintain reputation as a safe space. Uh, Chief, your mic, your mic. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank Hold you. on. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. St. Vincent's Prime Minister says country must maintain reputation as a safe place. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com.
Prime Minister Dr. Ralph Gonsalves says there must be no space for gunmen or criminals to function in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, as the country must maintain its reputation as a safe and secure place. Gonsalves, together with Police Commissioner Colin John, issued a joint statement over the weekend after they met with the leadership of the police force to discuss new crime-fighting initiatives. The talks come on the heels of a number of homicides already for 2023, with the Royal St. Vincent, Vincent sorry, and the Grenadines Police Force reporting seven homicides for the year thus far, two of the victims being women. Gonsalves said the meeting consisted of reviewing current strategies and new initiatives to be taken on several different fronts and assessments on further resources that are required. He said an operational framework for the taking of illicit firearms off the streets was discussed with a nine-page document on that initiative. The Prime Minister said while citizens would have seen increased patrols in some parts of the country, he lamented that when certain areas are locked down or have a strong presence, there are spillovers into other areas. In our next story on uh, Out of the Caribbean Corner, Judiciary on Attorney's Death, Procedures in Place for Emergencies, story courtesy of tt.lootnews.com. The judiciary is assuring that measures are in place in cases of medical emergencies after the collapse and death of an attorney while he was addressing the Court of Appeal. In an update, the judiciary said the responses of various stakeholders to the passing of Attorney Neil Byam seemed to suggest that there are no judiciary emergency medical response procedures. The judiciary said, We wish to advise that nothing could be further from the truth. Quite soon as Mr. Byam had been taken to the hospital, the media contacted us, asking whether we could confirm whether there was an incident involving an attorney who took ill while addressing the Court of Appeal. The judiciary responded in the affirmative. Not having had confirmation of his passing, in consideration of his family members and not wishing to to be precipitate by precipitate yeah by sharing information hastily we merely confirmed that there had been a medical incident um i remember i saw this story where he passed out he collapsed actually while he was addressing appellate judges in the hall of justice and died despite attempts to resuscitate him that to me sounds as though he had a heart attack but, and that wraps up the first half of the stories out of the Caribbean corner. Going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have stories out of Jamaica. Keep it locked. Oh, na, 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 yeah, 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 we know. Hey. No long talk when we come to wine. When we come to wine, come to wine. No long talk when we come to wine. When we come to wine, can't take it over, you know. When you whine, all that's turn when your waistline bump up over, you know. Cause it looks so good. The dance turn over, you know. I don't mind you whining for yourself. Bring it over, you know. Cause you whine so rude. And I say no long talking. When we whine, when we whine, when we whine. Only slow dancing. Bring it back one time. Baby, say no long talking. When we whine, when we whine, when we whine. Stop, girl, you just my time Like how you roll double time Sing, girl, you got the wine 
touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. DJ play, girl, wind your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Yeah. Yeah. when I touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Girl, I'm sober, you know. When your wine goes up to my head, can't get over, you know. Cause your wine's so good. You put on a show, yeah, you know. The other guys, they ask you if I need help, but I got control, yeah, you know. Cause I'm a rude boy too. And I say no long talking. When we wine, when we wine, when we wine. Only slow dancing. Bring it back one time. Baby, say no long talking. When we wine, when we wine, when we wine. Don't stop telling just my time. Like how you roll down time. Single, you got the wine. Don't waste the time. Hey, girl, I'm tired of the lip service. You got the wine. Don't waste the time. Hey, girl, I'm tired of the lip service. You got the wine. Don't waste the time. Why nobody got move to the When you wine to me, heart stops me. So me say, come closer to me, closer to me. Skin red, when I touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. DJ play, girl, wine your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Skin red, when I touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the wine, don't waste the time. Hey, girl, I'm tired of the lip service. You got the wine. So me sing, come closer to me, closer to me. Skin raise when I touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. DJ play, girl, wine your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Skin raise when I touch your body, come closer to me, closer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No long talk when we come to wine, when we come to wine, wine. No long talk when we come to wine, when we come to wine, wine. No long talk when we come to wine. When we come to wine, guys, the world on top when we come to wine. When we come to wine, wine. Thank you for that one, Michelle Montana. And it is time for us to go ahead and get back to the rest of our stories out of the Caribbean corner. But before I get into it, welcome, Peter. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. Uh, Dre delivered the good news. And we... um. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, we are elated and we are here to support you as you represent the diaspora in your role. Um, For those who are wondering, Pito won the election and is now the councilman for the 13 southern states in the United States. He will be a representative of the diaspora in Parliament in Jamaica, bringing our concerns our recommendations, our suggestions. He is the bridge between the government of Jamaica and the people in the diaspora all around the world, right? We have a, we, sh- we ought to have a say in how our country is run. After all, you, you, you want us to send money home. You want us to be returning citizens. Well, there are conditions that we're asking to be met. And I'm sure you have already... Uh, put together a list, <laughs> Peter, to say the least. If you're able to speak, we would appreciate that. If not, we understand because we did un- hear that you are busy. But go, oh, you open your mic. Go right ahead, Peter. Thank you so much. 
Good morning, my love. How are you? How are you? <laughs> we are well. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, you're like my distant family. You know that, right? <laughs> That's but... far, 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 cousin. <laughs> no, man. No, man. We're talking brothers and sisters. <laughs> no cousin. No cousin business. No, no cousins. Okay. How are you yeah, doing? So... How are you feeling? You know, I'm very, I'm very... I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling humbled and I'm feeling blessed. Listen, listen, I'm humbled and honored to be here, first of all, you know, um, this morning as the new Global Jamaica Diaspora Council representative for the Southern States. And I'm deeply grateful to everyone on this platform who voted for me and those who supported me through the process. Um, you know firsthand that I'm passionate about the Jamaica Diaspora and the work it does to promote the Jamaican culture and its heritage, especially here in the U.S., I could see around the world because we're all passionate about it, but I'm going to say here in the U.S. And I know for sure that, like yourself, I am committed. I am actually, I am very, very, very committed to, um, to, to take the diaspora um, concerns and, and build the diaspora and the voice to, a great, to greater heights. You know, so I just want to say, um, you know, it's a pleasure being here and um, knowing that you guys have given me a voice when I came on and introduced myself and you guys just say, said, go ahead, speak. Um, and, um, and I'm grateful that Dre invited me to this, um, this room because it's really the only room that I listen to anything to, really. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I go in other rooms, but... You know, I'm still new to um, the clubhouse. And so this is like um, part of my, the news that I, list, I listen to on, a, you know, whenever I get a chance to. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for making the time. Appreciate it. And again, we are wishing you well where you have our support and um, continue to listen and fulfill that um, goal of taking the information back to the government of Jamaica, being a great representative on our behalf. And my my hope now is that they will not hear you, but listen to what you're saying. Because anybody can hear, but it's how, you know, it's the listening part. That is what is going to be key. And how will we know that they're listening? They will be willing to change their um, vocabulary, change the way they speak, the way they think, and incorporate the diaspora into it. All right? So thanks a million once again. Appreciate it. Um, thank you very much for that. And just know that I'm going to be calling on you to get involved. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor no, me. You know, this is, this is the reason why I'm saying this. Um, and I don't want you to take it as far as like um, as you know anything light because I'm gonna be quite honest with you. Whenever I listen to any form of just anything newsworthy or whatever, um, you have listen, man. You have what it takes to like deliver and to communicate um, to control your space, you know. And you have you have that leadership that that strong leadership. Um, value about you, you know, and someone like you should get involved in the communities in whatever capacity you can. And 
I am willing to actually um, push to make that happen for you. you know? Okay, uh, Peter, thank you so much. I do appreciate your kind sentiments. Doing the little I can in the corner that I have been afforded. Thanks to QMZ Radio and Jano Radio, you know. And that being said, we are not limited to Clubhouse, which is amazing. Um, I was quite impressed to get the stats for the reach for the program. So we're definitely reaching the diaspora and wider. So, you know, I, I humbly accept, <laughs> you know, what has been extended and afforded to me. And I, I also humbly accept your sentiments looking forward to it thank you peter all right so jamaica time for stories out of jamaica first up somebody help me wrap my head around this one a mother's plight kaylin dowdy's 41 million dollar hospital bill story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com after spending 18 months at the university hospital of the west indies and amid the continued need for medical care, Kaylin Dowdy's hospital bill now stands at $41 million. Venetia Buckley, the mother of the battered teenager who fought for her life after an alleged attack at a party in November 2020, says she's doing her best. She told Loop News that she does not intend to neglect her responsibilities where the hospital bill is concerned but admitted that things are difficult. With the need for medical care ongoing for her now 19-year-old daughter, Buckley said she has not been able to breathe easily and is now saddled with a bill that neither she nor her daughter intentionally incurred. Expressing dissatisfaction with the case involving those accused of injuring her child, Buckley said she is the one who is constantly embarrassed as a result of the bill that she is unable to pay. While she said she needs to make better career choices to be able to provide for her family, Buckley said she would be grateful if the government could assist with a portion of the cost. Kaylin, then 17 years old, was allegedly beaten by five women while attending an illegal party on November 7, 2020. The woman who reportedly beat and stabbed Kaylin in a brawl, were later arrested and charged. They are Shakima McLeod, otherwise called Kima, Nadine Aldridge, Yoland Vassal, Timon Williams, otherwise called Rusty, and Cassian Lewis, otherwise called Chrissy. They are charged with wounding with intent and unlawful wounding and are to appear in the Supreme Court on November 6, 2023. Watch... Listen, let me, uh, November 6th, why is it, th this is one of the problems I'm having, separate and apart from the fact that she is stuck with a bill for $41 million. Why is it that the case is dragging out so long? This is a part of the problem. We need to fix the judicial system in Jamaica. This happened November 7, 2020. November 6, 2023 is when they're, they're going to appear in the Supreme Court. May, that makes sense, Jamaica. Whose portfolio is this? Minister of Justice? So I take it as um, 
Delroy Chuck? How does this make sense? Why can't we handle cases more expeditiously? Wrap them up. Come on. Too much dragging out. And this, this is, you know, it's not just the judicial system. Anything you want done in Jamaica is dragged out. Well, unless you have money to grease somebody's palm, then things get done quickly. And that needs to stop. We talk about corruption. We have provided the perfect kitchen for chefs to cook recipes of disaster that continue to affect our people. Ministry of Justice, when are we going to change this? When are we going to put some stringent timelines in place? November 7, 2020, and then Supreme Court, 2023, November 6, one year, um, I'm sorry, three years later. So now let's get back to the case of the $41 million bill. How does someone incur that? How? How is she going to, will she ever be able to pay that bill? Highly unlikely. I doubt it. I don't see it happening. Not in her lifetime, not in her daughter's lifetime, unless she win the lottery or unless someone gets up and says, you know something. Let me go ahead and take care of this for you. Or people come together and say, let's take care of this for you. And we understand she was at an illegal party. How many of us can throw stones? None. I can speak to myself. Have no business being over in Portmore on a Sunday where them have drag racing because it's illegal. But I was there. And as soon as you hear, so the police, them are come, you take up and you leave. You're gone, but you're bounced. Well, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, she had no business being there. We all have been in situations or places where we had no business being in the name of fun. So we're not even going to say, well, she had no business being there. We're not going to talk about that. What I can recommend. Companies like, um, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to handle their business or how they should um, get themselves involved in philanthropy or, you know, which things to, they could turn their attention to. But I'm going to step out for a minute here and say, you know something, let's hone in on um, Jamaica National money transfer. Let's hone in on Western Union. Let's hone in on um, MoneyGram. And let's speak to the people in the diaspora. If everyone, when sending money, says, you know something, I'm willing to contribute a dollar, whether it's a uh, U.S. dollar, Canadian dollar, English pound, EC dollar, Caymanian dollar, whatever, just one. If everybody said, you know something, we're going to help her. We're going to help her. One dollar. Will it hurt us? When we're sending, can we 
have Grace Kennedy. They are the ones that monitor um, Western Union. Can we have Grace Kennedy? I'm not sure who handles MoneyGram, but whoever it is, whichever body it is, can we have um, the various financial institutions commit along with folks who are sending money and those receiving, are you okay with giving up $1? Just $1 of whatever currency, if it's a pound, one pound, or one EC dollar, whatever. Just $1 to help. Is this unreasonable? Do we think this will help her? I think so. I'm stressed just looking at that number. $41 million. Everyday money pump. How much money is pumped in, was pumped into Jamaica last year? I'm sure. You know. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. Is that Jamaican dollars or U.S. dollars? No, that's Jamaican dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's Jamaican dollars. So, um, one U.S. dollar right now is approximately 155 Jamaican dollars. Every mickle mickle muckle. If we can commit, whoever sends home, those who send home tr transfers, if you can commit just to one dollar, and then the, per the, the, the the financial institutions who are doing the disbursement of the equivalent, just you know, say yes, we agree. And if you're able to match it, I'm speaking to the financial entities, match it if you can. At another dollar. This mother needs help. She said she needs to make better choices when it comes to um, jobs. But it's still difficult. She's doing the best she can. All right. So I'm not sure if there's anyone listening. Um, yeah. If there's anyone listening who could pass on information to the legal teams at Grace Kennedy. Who operates, um, who operates, what you call it, MoneyGram in Jamaica? Anybody familiar with that? You know, let me jump on Google here for one second. Please bear with me. Um, I'm who operates MoneyGram in Jamaica? Laska Financial Services. Okay. So Laska Financial Services, Grace Kennedy Remittance Services, um, anyone, all the banks, you have CIBC, Bank of Nova Scotia, Victoria Mutual, um, Sagicor, uh, NCB, how could I forget NCB? NCB, how could I forget NCB, Jamaica National, um, Jamaica Money Market Brokers, any of these houses, financial houses that accept wire transfers. Can we ask all of you and your legal teams to see what can be put in place and make it possible? That's it. I'm done. That's, I don't know if anybody else has any other suggestions that we could push forward. 
which banks work with MoneyGram. Let me check that too. FNB. Okay. And there's a, yeah. Can MoneyGram, I'm just looking for more information, folks. I'm so sorry. MoneyGram charges a $5 flat fee to send amounts between $1 to $49, flat rate of $11.50 on amounts to $50 to $4.99. Would we in the diaspora who are wiring money or set, remitting money home, would we be willing to add a dollar or a pound to the amount? That's the, that's the other question I'm here imposing <laughs> on these companies. But are we in the diaspora willing to contribute to help her? Uh, can I speak moments? Yes, please do, Nazuri. Please go right ahead. I definitely would do so. My question is, why aren't they charging the young ladies who committed this crime? You know, rather than coming after the victim, I believe they should come after the ones who committed this crime and make them pay. But I definitely would um, add on a dollar or even more once when sending Monday. That wouldn't be an issue. All right. Thank you so much, Nazuri. And I agree with you. And that is why I am so upset with, with how the judicial system works in Jamaica, because the crime happened in 20 in, um, let me go back here because I don't want to misquote. The crime happened November 7, 2020. And they're not going to appear before the Supreme Court until November 6, 2023. Which, in my opinion, is very lax. I think that is grossly unacceptable. And I do agree. All of these people should be charged. But what, I bet, what do I have to bet? that they're probably in the same financial, they're, they're probably faced with the same financial constraints. I agree. They should be forced to pay. I totally agree. But we know how it go. We know how it is. And because our system doesn't work as effectively as it ought, she's left holding the bag. Totally agree. Couldn't agree with you more. Just madness, indeed. Madness, madness, madness. So, there are a couple of people I know. I am going to see if I can reach out to them via email to see if this is a possibility within the corporations, within the companies. It's worth a shot. If, if any of you know anybody, please. Um, I'm going to put the the link in the chat as well, if anyone, just so that, you know, you have it as a point of reference. You can forward it to anybody that you know who, it, depending on the position they're in within a company, if it's something um, worth that they'd be willing to explore. Bear with me one moment. Let me see if I can grab it again. Again, to put it in the chat. So unfortunate. $41 million bill, 18 months in a hospital. All right, next up, bodies of a young woman and her daughter found in St. Dan. Story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com. The bodies of a mother and her young daughter were found at a house in Cardiff Fall in Runaway Bay, St. Dan. 
the deceased woman is said to be in her late 20s. Head of the St. Anne Police Senior Superintendent Dwight Powell confirmed the incident to Luke News but said all the details are not yet available. He said the two persons may have perished in a fire but the police are processing the scene at this time to determine the exact circumstances behind the deaths. More information is to follow as it is a developing story. Also in St. Anne, cops are moving to quash illegal rafting in White River Ocherias. Following reports of a breakdown in law and order among rafters in White River, Ocheria St. Anne, the police and the parish are again warning those engaging in illegal rafting at the river to desist from their activities. While not providing details, the police said they are moving to deal with the issues relative to the illegal rafting in the interest of improving tourism and to ensure activities at the area are conducted in a lawful manner. The overall pronouncements were made by Commanding Officer for the St. Anne Police, Senior Superintendent Dwight Powell, who was speaking at the parish's monthly municipal corporation meeting last week. Reports emerged early last year that some rafters were operating illegally in White River, with allegations that some of the men were placing the lives of visitors at risk as they, the rafters, were unable to swim. The illegal rafters were also reportedly affecting regularized rafters and other businesses in White River. Several meetings were held with various stakeholders to get the situation under control and urge the unregulated individuals to desist from their illegal activities. I have a question. Uh, do they have life jackets? Are they required to have life jackets on the rafts in um, on any river where rafting takes place as a business, a legal business? Are they required to have um, life jackets on board those rafts? Besides the raft operators having to know how to swim, Yes, we are not sure about that, but that would be interesting. Have we, hold on a second, now you're going to look for pictures <laughs> to see if anybody um, is seen wearing raft jackets. Rafting in Jamaica. Let me see. Ten best, not, not the tubing, the tubing. Okay, so I'm looking at some pictures of rafters with patrons on their rafts. And I'm not seeing anyone wearing life jackets. Is that something that should be put in place? Or will that take away from the experience? Because if, if um, say four people, how many people can hold on a raft? I've never gone rafting, so I know I'm sounding very weird right now. But how many people typically hold on a raft? Two, three, four, what's the number? Two to three, if I'm not mistaken. Two to three. Well, yeah, three. Yeah, three. Um, you have the, the the two passengers, and then you have the guy who uh, operate the raft. The the okay, the the captain or whatever you call, however they're referred to. Okay, so that's three. If the raft turns over or if people fall off, can the person, the rafter, save both? No. So then, I would say that they should see to it that all rafts are equipped with um, some life-saving device, whether it is the 
what you call that round thing? Is it a laugh? Life, life boy. That's what the round thing. What you call it? What's the right name for it? That, a lifesaver. The preserve. The preserve. <laughs> lifesaver. Life preserver. Thank you, Sonette. Thank you, Javet. Okay. So every raft should be equipped with at least three, two to three, right? Because you have the rafter, the captain plus the two. All right. So three. Or three life jackets, no? What is that reasonable? So I can only tell you from the US mm -hmm. and how many people in the raft depends on the size of the raft, but it's mandatory that everybody has a life jacket on when you go rafting in the US. Yeah. Yeah. It should be mandatory. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures and I'm, I'm not seeing any life-saving device. I'm not seeing anybody wearing life jackets. For the tubers, you know, the big round tubes that they go down the river and that's different. Everybody's wearing a life jacket there, but nothing on the rafts. Hmm. I need to put it in place. Uh, and the reason why I make sure they have that in um, the U.S. because people will get sued. But that's only... <laughs> Do you know there are quite a few places you can go rafting in Jamaica? You have the White River, that's in Ocherius. You have Martha Bray, which is in um, Falmouth. St. Margaret's Bay, Rafters Rest, Rio Grande Rafting. First time hearing about that one. Anybody familiar with that one? Um, Choco, Choca, sorry, Choco Reggae Rafting, that's in Hanover. Which one you said? Choco, no. Uh uh rafters rest rio grande rafting in um Mont in st james never, never heard of that one yeah i heard about it it along with our martha bray okay then you have chukka reggae rafting in hanover uh where is lethe jamaica where is that l-e-t-h-e i hope i'm saying it right where exactly is that lethe rafting jamaica in lethe huh no idea where is that one? Never heard of that one before. You have River Rapids in Trelawney, Keith's Bamboo, Ocho Rios, Chucka White River, Rio Grande River, that's Port Antonio. Um, okay. Okay. Wow. Never been rafting. One day. Yeah, trust me, I will look at um, hidden gems in Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you go on Instagram and they must show different location and oh hidden gem and when them if they do name it, you know here. Um he's like what the first time I hear about this place? What are you <laughs> you get me? Uh you have some guys where do the spear fishing. I look a YouTube channel, I name Raj, uh Spear Fishing Jamaica, something like that. And when we say knows some gems, he knows some gems. And more times like, hey, look, I can't tell nobody these locations because uh, for the locals, I don't want nobody come and just come take over and run on the locals. So, uh, <laughs> look nice. What matters? They look nice. They look nice. Oh boy, yeah. But um, get your business in order, Rafters. It's your. It's how you make your living, and you want to make sure that you're able to continue to look after your families. Do it the legal way. Whatever you need to do, please do so. All right. Okay, so next up, teen lands in jail with 15 years hanging over his head after a gun find. 
Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. A 14-year-old boy was arrested and charged for possession of assorted parts of a firearm and uh, no sonnet before. I'm so sorry, folks. No. Well, not that I've heard of. They're just saying that um, the illegal operators on the raft, um, they are not meeting certain standards. For example, if you're going to be taking folks on your raft, you need to know how to swim. That's that's one thing that's missing. So they seem to there seems to be some things that they're not some criteria that they're not meeting that they you know and they need to have them whipped in shape so to speak. They need to get their business in order. Thank you so much. You are welcome, Sonette. You're welcome. All right. So a 14-year-old boy was arrested and charged for possession of assorted parts of a firearm and unauthorized possession of ammunition following an incident in Damhead, Town, St. Anne, on Wednesday, February 8th. Reports from the St. Anne's Bay Police are that at about 12.30 p.m., lawmen were on patrol in the area when they observed the accused putting an object in his waistband. He was accosted, searched, and found in possession of a sock containing one magazine with 9mm cartridges. He was subsequently arrested and charged. His court date is being finalized. Under the new firearms prohibition and restriction act in Jamaica, the legislation imposes a minimum sentence of 15 years in prison for the illegal possession of a firearm. I guess he was not staying on top of the news. This next story may be triggering for some folks so i will advise you um please be on guard leave the little girls alone clarendon top cop warns men children as young as five years old are being molested by adults he says story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com sexual abuse involving children as young as five years old is on the rise in clarendon leaving the parish's police commander to describe the situation as being distasteful and urging men to simply leave the little girls alone. Many of the perpetrators of child sex crimes in the parish are often familiar with the victims and their families. That's according to the head of Clarendon Police. In fact, some of the reported offenders are even family members of the children they allegedly abused. The overall realities relative to sexual assault against minors were highlighted by Russell as he addressed the monthly meeting of the Clarendon Municipal Corporation on Thursday. According to Russell, community intervention efforts have been spearheaded by the Center for the Investigation of Sexual Offenses and Child Abuse to alert residents about the prevalence of sexual assault of minors. He then went on to make a special appeal, especially to the men, to desist from abusing children. We're just appealing to the men to leave the girls alone. We're seeing too many babies that are being molested by adults, and it is very distasteful. We're seeing ages from five years old. The senior law enforcer encouraged mothers to be vigilant against sexual predators, including male relatives whom they may bring around their children. We're also asking the mothers to be very careful who they leave, who they leave their children with. Because sometimes in some of the cases, it is the same family members, persons living in the same households, who are the perpetrators. We the poor class of people, we want more, oh it's a go-go. We want more, oh it's a go-go. 
Ask him about the up and do some firm argument for this issue, you know. Tell me how it's not going to go. In a free of fun, the party. The party jump on start, more let me turn. How it's not going to go. My shit on me gun. Rasta, no Rasta, them boy, they a ton. How it's not going to go. And I feel a rule. If I'm on a more let me fight for your rule. How it's not going to go. If me get cool. I'm in a stamp. We live in a darkness, like how we die We are one and everybody keep quiet The man a rule and nobody now riot Don't you have a son, why you turn like a liar? How we talk a car, skin a fear of fun If I teach a boy, start more less me son How we talk a car, me last time me con Last time no pasta, them boy they a ton How we talk a car, head of the gold rule If a boy a more less me fight for your own How we talk a car, if me get cool I'm in a uh, thank you, Buju, for expressing my sentiments. You could not have said it any better. Five years old. How can you look on a five-year-old? Let me tell you something. Somebody that to my five-year-old Mega call nine one or what, what what is it in Jamaica? One one nine myself after me done with you. As a matter of fact, me never not called them. Me with walk or drive, take bus, whatever. Me not me sorry. Me sorry. Me we do the time. Certain things I'll be happy to do the time for. Saw a story over the weekend, young, a man sentenced to jail in Jamaica. You know what his concern is? That he's going to be victimized in jail. You know why he's in jail? For molesting a minor. Molesting a minor for years and then find him guilty, lock him up and know he's worried. He's worried about himself. What you worrying about? When you were busy molesting the child, you weren't worrying about the child then, so we must be worried about you. Anything you're getting there, you reach you, that me have to say. Anything you get, you deserve. That's all I'm going to say. Women, You go through the pains to bring your children into this world. Make them your priority. We understand survival, but make your child your priority. When your child comes to you and says, I've been touched, do not ignore them. And I'm not going to labor on this point because I do have to keep it moving. I think I spoke out enough last week where I, I was angry and uh, Chief had to step in and calm me back down. So I'm not going to um, even stay on this article too long. All I'm asking is mothers, watch your pitney them very closely. Listen to your children. Teach them how to protect themselves. 
That's all I'm going to say and leave it right there. Government proposing 2024 certification deadline for driving instructors. Driving instructors have been given time to meet certification requirements under the new rules governing the use of the nation's road. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. As provided under the Road Traffic Act and regulations, driving instructors in driving schools are required to be certified and licensed by the Island Traffic Authority. Speaking in the House of Representatives recently, Minister of Transport and Mining, Audley Shaw, said the effective date for the requirement is proposed to be January 1, 2024. He said the date will allow reasonable time for instructors to undergo an approved training program. Phased implementation of the new road rules commenced on February 1st. Before applying to be certified as a driving instructor, the person must be at least 24 years of age, must have held and used the class of driver's license for which certification is being sought for a period of not less than 24 months and successfully complete a driving instructor uh, training program approved by the authority. And that story wraps up our stories out of the Caribbean corner. We're going to take another quick break. When we return, we have news out of Latin America and the international scene. Here's a little more soca to get us going. I realize girls and whining again. Women, girls and whining again. You have a remedy for them. You want to know what's going on? You better wine, better wine to the soca. You better wine, better wine to the soca. You better wine, better wine to the soca. Two hands on the drum, I want your bend back. Bend your back, bend your back, bend back. Bend your back, bend your back, bend back. Bend your back, bend your back, bend back.
take it and I bend your back. Hey, so bend your back and take it and I bend your back. Oh God, you bend your back, baby girl, you bend your back. I look you, push it, look you, push it, look you. Hey, baby girl, I bend your back, I bend your back and look you. You bend your back and take it and I bend your back and look you. You bend your back and look you, bend it, 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 Thank you so much to everyone listening online on the Quality Music Zone, qmzradio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Also, thank you to everyone listening on johnoradio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Keep it locked. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Thank you for joining me for Coffee Intel World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. If there is anyone listening online who wants to make their voice heard, please join us right here on Clubhouse. The app is available on well, in your Apple and Google Play stores. Also, coming up later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, it's the pre-Valentine special. Yes. Days after dark, set your alarms. We're going to be streaming live on QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and it all happens right here on Clubhouse. Again, 10 p.m. Eastern, 
set your alarms days after dark join the crew for some good music and good conversation rum no kill you know it does make you stronger that is the definition of masquerade Soca music does make your party harder That is the definition of masquerade You wait all year to let it go oh, oh, So enjoy yourself and let it show oh, oh. We go party hard, come let we go oh, oh. On the road, all day we whining low We so true to this, we not new to this We are true masqueraders, carnival going to get back to our news stories getting you ready for carnival yes who is looking forward to trinidad carnival if you're going please be safe take good care of yourselves and have a whole lot of fun everything it up is hell up we have liquor ready gears tell them rolling bumper man them whining panda everything turn up whole place have a bun up shell it down shell Shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it real easy, simple. Believe me. Shell it down, shell. Shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it real easy. Waistline spin like 3D. Every fret hit marshal. Bumpers over the dasher. Good boy go and just take a wine and everything getting lasher. Rock them up in the air. Liquor in a me system. So me a kill them. So me a lick them. Brave. You wanna know how we do it? Brave. Let me tell you how we do it. Brave. You wanna know how we do it? Brave. Now everybody start with. Ra. 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 Everything nice, everything far. Girl, I fling down waist, and I bring down place. Like ching chong waist, ching chong down place. Shell it down, shell, shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it real easy, 
simple, believe me. Shell it down, shell. Shell it down, shell. So the girl them do it real easy. Waistline spin like CD. Once again to everyone listening online and everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for allowing me to be able to do this with you and for you uh, every Monday through Friday. We're going to go ahead and get back to business. All right. Thank you so much for this Soka one. Brave Dynamite. All right. Here we go. Let me get back because I'm here having too much fun trying to, you know, get my spirits up <laughs> so we head on over to the latin american corner for our next story dominican republic to report um to deport rather haitians who allegedly assaulted police story courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com the directorate general of migration venancio alcantara valdez has announced plans to deport 71 illegal haitian nationals who reportedly assaulted security officials who wanted them to undergo routine checks in the province of La Altagracia on Friday. The Director General also said that a group of undocumented Haitians who assaulted national police agents fled and were later arrested. He indicated that the interdiction team of the General Direction of Migration intercepted a bus moving along the Punta Cana traffic circle. When it was stopped, migration officials indicated that the bus had dozens of illegal Haitian nationals on board who started throwing stones at the migration members together with police agents who were part of the operation in the area of Punta Cana. The immigration agents performed a routine operation when the occupants resisted stopping the vehicle with the foreigners on board. The police said that eight Haitians would be submitted to justice with charges of alteration of the order in the public road and violations of the migration law in Dominican territory. Following the incident, 78 Haitians were detained by the acting authorities who said 71 of them will be deported. The remaining seven will be deported for illegal transit in Dominican territory. The governing institution of migration in the country affirmed that it has a video as evidence of what happened and warned that it would not accept alterations to the legal order in matters of migration in the country. For news on the international scene, another Australian ministry to remove Chinese-made cameras. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Australia's foreign ministry has followed the lead of the country's defense ministry, deciding to remove all Chinese-made surveillance cameras from its facilities following reports that the technology posed a security risk. 
Foreign Minister Penny Wong said on Friday that Chinese-made cameras would be removed from her department's offices. We are removing them. I've asked my department to accelerate the replacement of these cameras. The defense minister has asked defense to make sure they're removed and replaced. Earlier, Defense Minister Richard Marles said on Thursday that he had ordered Chinese-made security cameras stripped from defense sites following an audit that revealed at least 913 such cameras had been installed across more than 250 Australian government buildings. Suspicions over the cameras made by Hangzhou, Hikvision Digital Company, and Dao Technology Company, and I hope I did not butcher that too badly. I know I did, though. We, which are partly state-owned in China, come as Canberra and Beijing attempt to mend diplomatic ties that were damaged in part by a 2018 decision to ban China's, and I can never pronounce this, and I know y'all probably sick of me for asking y'all to pronounce it for me, H-U-A-W-E-I. <laughs> I'm not going to kill myself. Huawei or Huawei, whatever, from Australia's 5G broadband network. But um, which other country makes these types of um, security devices? Hmm? Which other country makes these security devices? Because as far as I'm concerned, we have become so heavily dependent on everything that's made in China. Who is to say that, you know, they haven't infiltrated over the decades because they know that the world depends on them heavily. Everything is made in China from an, what I said, from a pin to an ankle. Everything, A to Z, made in China. Or some part has to come from China so that you can complete assembly of something else, everything. China pretty much holds the world in the, in the palm of its hands, right? So good for you, Australia. You remember, remember last year, when I tell them to say, um, there was a, like I call, short documentary with the African government and find out that the, the, the Chinese and build some government building for them. And they were actually spying of a spy on like meetings, secret meetings and stuff like that with the Africans, um, uh, I guess delegation or members I have. Um, they also found um, audio, audio device where I record audio and I send back to China. Remember last time I tell them persons, I said, oh, why was I call up these people? And because we know what we are talking about. We know what we are talking about. We're not idiot. We know what we are talking about. They might come out and say stuff. Oh, oh and the moment it's, it's called Huawei, the phone, uh, the phone <laughs> company, yeah, Huawei. You see me? So, we know what we are talking about. Look how much time you see them I get captured. Um, I get caught. You know, and just the other day, the US did the same thing with, with some guy from China, some Chinese company. Africa always I catch them and see them now and next place. So we know what we are talking about. It's not no conspiracy theorist thing. But we know that they would have no certain information still. If we, you know what I mean? Persons tend to want to listen. I feel like so we just have make up stuff. But or if you make up something when evidence are come out and these people themselves are come out and say, hey, this happened, you know, this take place. 
Come on now. Be reasonable. Huh. They know what they're doing. They collect data from, the people, from, from different, different countries. And we all say with the whole... Well, I'm not going to say it, but... Well, yeah, you, thought, you, thought, you said yesterday. Uh, sorry, last week. The spy balloon. <laughs> you get me? Them people are collect data. And a matter of fact, not just them. The US are do the same thing to the US do the same thing to them uh, and other countries do the same thing to everybody's like they mean cows with each other. Ah <laughs> oh boy. Ah oh, thank you so much, Apple. All right, in our next story, Cameroon president's 90th birthday marked by cocktail of woes. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Edith Kawala was at the front of a crowd of students that welcomed Cameroon's new president, Paul Bia on a tour of the United States in 1984, full of hope that the young leader would bring stability and democracy and end corruption. Four decades on, now the world's oldest leader turns 90 on Monday. When he cuts a large cake, as he usually does on his birthday, Kawala, who was one of Bia's challengers in the 2011 presidential election, will not be celebrating. Her support for Bia evaporated over the years as economic progress stalled. Dissenting voices were silenced, and the oil-producing country of 27 million people became split by a separatist uprising that has killed thousands amid growing Boko Haram attacks in the north. At 90, Bia should spend his days playing with his grandchildren, she said. We live in a violent, brutal dictatorship. Over the past 40 years, it has gotten more and more violent and brutal, she said. These 40 years are a huge setback for Cameroon. A government spokesperson did not respond to calls requesting comment. Four decades of beer. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because this is ridiculous. 90 years old and you're still leader? of a country, they don't have elections. And if they do have elections, why is he constantly winning and being put back in? I think there needs to be a cutoff age for leaders. I'm sorry. 40 years, nobody out of 27 million, there is nobody else capable of running the country, of leading the country forward. 40 years? Forty years of one person, of course, is going to lead to some sort of dictatorship. Of course, at some point, there is going to be foul play, so to speak, as it relates to how the countries run. Because the person now feels as though, well, I can't be removed. What are you going to do? Whatever I say goes. I can do as I please. 90 years old. What the heck are you doing leading a country at 90 years old? Why aren't you out going for walks? Enjoying your life. Spend time with your family. Is it so important to hold on to power? And, I, you know, not to stray. But I have the same issue here in the States. After a certain age, you're not supposed to go sit down. Go enjoy. This is not your personal business. This is not you. This is not, you're not an entrepreneur for the country. Go into your own personal business. Leave the running of the country to younger folks. I don't know. I probably have it wrong. I, 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 you know, let, let me. 90 years old. 
he has repeatedly defended his record in the past and says the government has made strides to return peace to the minority English-speaking regions where separatists are trying to form their own state. He touts his vision 2035 plan. 2035, how many years is that from now? I hope he doesn't plan to be there in 2035. <laughs> that would make him how old? 2035, how many years is that from? <laughs> anyway, let me behave myself. He touts his vision 2035 plan as a blueprint to boost development over the next 12 years. <laughs> Do we really expect? That would make it, what, 102? Am I, is my math right? He was born in a village in the southern equatorial forest in 1933. The village is uh, Vomikas or Movikas, however they want to pronounce it. The year Adolf Hitler became chancellor in Germany. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at the chat. Julie said he has dementia. The last time he had to speak at a conference, he didn't even know where he was. He barely knows what he did yesterday. They caught him on a hot mic asking his handler, who are all these people? Oh, somebody you see something like, <laughs> like a certain president will know right now. Shake <laughs> under the ear, a trip over, nothing at all. Oh, cool. Oh my gosh. After studying in Paris, he returned to Cameroon in 1962 as a top civil servant and quickly rose to become the prime minister in 1975. He was handpicked as successor after the country's first post-independence president um, decided to resign suddenly in November 1982. Millions support him, although international observers have raised doubts about the fairness of elections that he routinely wins with. He's okay. So I'm not tripping here. He spends long stretches in comfortable European hotels with his wife, Chantal. Hold on, Crystal, is that you? Lord <laughs> forgive me. I'm trying to make light of this situation. He spends long stretches in comfortable European hotels with his wife, Chantal frustrating many at home who believe the country's crises require closer attention. In 2020, he was not seen in public for weeks, prompting speculation that he had died of COVID-19. He has ruled with openness and tolerance, said former minister Elvis Nagoli. Old age, he said, has its advantages. The more you add up the age, the wiser you become the more experienced, tolerant, logical you become. You know what? I'm done. And of course, with age comes wisdom. But if this man doesn't even know where he is, clearly we have an issue here. It is not as though all his faculties are working. Because believe you me, you do have some 90-year-olds who are sharp as a razor. They're on point. They put me to shame. And they don't need any wine or anything to remember anything. They're good. So, right? 
But this man clearly has issues, concerning issues. How can you be spending long stretches in European hotels with your wife, Chantal? How old is Chantal? Hmm? But yet people put you in? That's corruption. I don't think he's been... You, you easily win. Or is it that your opponent is worse than you are? So you know what? We're going to pick the lesser of two evils. Who is leading the country? In my opinion, nobody. They don't have a leader over there. <laughs> Moments. How old is his wife? That's what I'm going to look up right now. Because yeah, Chantel <laughs> sounds like a young name. That, that name wasn't around in the, in the early 90s. <laughs> no, that name, that name is in, from the 70s because I know someone else with that name, Chantel. I know someone with that name. But let's see. Chantal. <laughs> Let me see. How old is Chantal? I want to know. Chantal Bia. Um, born 1969. So that makes her how old? <laughs> that's my sister. <laughs> Crystal said that's her sister. Crystal, tell me you're joking, right? Now. We, we share the same name. That's my <laughs> sister. <laughs> yeah, Chantal Bia, Ni Chantal Paul Cherie Vigoro, Vigoro, born December 4, 1969. Yep. How old is that? <laughs> he has more than one wife. Um. Wow, he has more than one. Let me see. Oh, there was one. Um, so Chantal, he got married to Chantal in 1994. There is one saying that, um, there's one story courtesy of Google saying that Jean, I, Jean Irene was from 1961 to 1992. I don't know. There's a question. Who is the correct Cameroon first lady? Well, it happens to be Chantal. Yeah. Um, she's his second wife. So I don't know if, well, it says from 1961 to 1992. So after 31 years, he put her aside. Or hold on. Let me not say that. You know, Ooh, let me not say that. Uh, was the former first lady. Hmm. Oh, she died in 1992. That is how he ended up with um, this new one. Well, the one we know about. Let me put it that way. So his first wife died in 1992 and he remarried um, Chantal. Well, he, yeah, he remarried in 1994, getting married to Chantal Bia. Okay. She's still young. <laughs> Y'all know where I'm going with that already. He is still young. There's nothing him can do fishy. Or so I think. Let, let me mind my business. How old is 1969? Now 54 that. 
Am I right? 54? Yeah, 54. So he's 36 older than her, 36 years older than she is. Hold on now, hold up a second. So when she got married, how old was she? I'm all up in this woman business. She was in her 20s. Uh Uh-huh. She married to this. Hold on a second. And he was 54 at the time. Well, girl, get your coins. Let me just leave it right there. Get your coins, girl. Get your coins. Because that's all it could be about right now. Nothing else. She's just waiting for him to expire. That's it. Sorry. I call it like I see it. Next up. China says U.S. balloons breached airspace at least 10 times. Story courtesy of BBC. China's foreign ministry says the U.S. has flown balloons into its airspace more than 10 times in the past year. It comes after the U.S. on February 4 shot down a suspected spy balloon over its airspace, which China said was one of its weather balloons gone astray. Relations between the two countries have since deteriorated. In recent days, the U.S. has also shut down, well, shot down and shut down a number of other unidentified objects. Questioned on Monday, Beijing said the U.S. had made many airspace breaches. It's not uncommon as well for the U.S. to illegally enter the airspace of other countries, said Foreign Ministry spokesman. Wang Wenbin at a regular press briefing. Since last year alone, U.S. balloons have illegally flown above China more than 10 times without any approval from Chinese authorities. The first thing the U.S. side should do is start with a clean slate, undergo some self-reflection instead of smearing and accusing China, he added. He said Beijing had responded to the incursions in a responsible and professional manner. If you want to know more about the U.S. high-altitude balloons illegally entering China's airspace, I suggest you refer to the U.S. side, he said. Chinese state-affiliated media reported over the weekend that an unidentified flying object had been spotted off the country's east coast with the military preparing to shoot it down. The White House denied Beijing's accusation that it sent balloons over China to conduct surveillance, with National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson calling the claims false on Twitter. The first balloon incident led U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken to cancel a planned trip to Beijing. The top diplomat called China's alleged high-altitude spying unacceptable and irresponsible. On Sunday, the U.S. ordered an unmanned octagonal structure to be downed in Michigan near the Canadian border. The fourth object to be taken out in eight days. Fighter pilots also shot down smaller unidentified objects over Alaska on February 10 and northern Canada on February 11. It's balloons for balloons. We exchange in balloons. Can we spray hearts on them and send them out to each other? Anybody in the room ever hear about Project Bluebeam? No, I'm inter- I, I'm worried about Project Green getting some money in my hands. Go ahead, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Project Bluebeam is alright. Uh, from the nineties to come up by a Canadian journalist who kind of uh, come up with the whole thing. I guess some documents and eventually I'm kill him still. Um, so-called die from heart attack. Let's say that. But anyways, so our Project Bluebeam is all about is coming up with like false accusation that the people are under attack from alien beings and these government officials are here to rescue the people just so they can get them all from one accord you get me because so, so, if things keep on a pop up in the airspace uh, you know what i mean and the, oh the unidentified oh shoot it though it was ant-man oh we can't recover the wreck this that the third <laughs> it, it, it is and then every time something like that pop up and then your military swing into action and shoot down these objects you know it, it then they know the people start start to uh, uh like kind of trust the government again say hey the government are, are protect with them are take care of you stuff like that because that, with the whole pandemic thing uh, uh, you know what i mean people are lose trust with, with the government like china still a battle with with them citizens and this whole covid thing so it also entails a lot of other um, stuff, like different different steps, and that was one of the steps. As you can, as I say, uh, sorry, um, as in the year WEF, the Matabo, the Great Reset. Sorry, the Great Reset, the Matabo, how them ago um, have people stay in on carbon footprint. Um, also, I forgot which country. I forgot which country said so them they want to come up with an idea where. Or come up with some kind of bill or whatever it is where you don't really own your car <laughs> yeah so again with the word nothing be happy slogan so all it does a little the agenda 2030 you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah i want more strange stuff in office uh let's say that a lot more weird a lot more strange stuff on office and they want come with a whole heap of stuff. They want come with putting chip in your head. They want tell you say, hey, split up in a different zones, like in the UK. They want split up people in a different zones. You have to register your car, and you have them have um, high tech surveillance camera. We're gonna keep track of you, and you know, make sure you say you not drive too much. Uh, so it's a, a, a whole heap of things they want try to implement, and when them continue to do these type of stuff and for kind of game but trust with the people them or it can just be distraction whatever it is uh, all it fall under one with a project blue beam um so i'll not for the light just go up on google uh, i don't really use google so i use a, a different vpn um dot, dot go because google around for sense a certain information especially during the world pandemic that's what they did censor a lot of information and stuff like that uh always a fact check but yesterday the fact check was uh, telling lies and all them stuff that too so but just look up project blue beam and read into it and when you read it and see the different different steps when i'm planning for taking place sit down go back to some new stuff and see if all, almost all of them sitting with them that talk about in a project blue beam they not take place already um over years upon years upon years leading up to now okay all right thank you Apple. appreciate it thank you so much all right next up social media restricted in ethiopia as church rift turns violent oh wow story courtesy of aljazeera.com access to social media platforms has been restricted in ethiopia the internet watchdog netblock says after violent protests sparked by a rift within the country's orthodox church 
The protests broke out in the Oromia region, and I hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, when three church officials declared themselves archbishops last month and set up their own governing body. Some demonstrators have opposed their move, while others have supported it. Access to Facebook, Messenger, TikTok, and Telegram has been severely restricted. That blocks said on Twitter late on Thursday, citing network data it had collected. The tweet came hours after the church said at least 30 people have been killed in the protests since February 4. The church's statement called for demonstrations on Sunday against the new governing body as it accused the Ethiopian government of meddling in the church's internal affairs after Prime Minister Ahmed asked his ministers to stay out of the dispute. The Ethiopian state has traditionally maintained close ties to the Orthodox Church, to which more than 40% of the population belongs. We head on over to Pakistan for our next story. Angry mob lynches man accused of blasphemy. Story also courtesy of Al Jazeera. Hundreds of Muslims descended on a police station in Pakistan's eastern Punjab province, grabbed a blasphemy suspect from his cell, and took him outside and lynched him, police have said. Senior police officer Barbar Sarfaraz Alpa said on Saturday, a man identified only as Waris had been in police custody for desecrating pages of a copy of Islam's holy book, the Quran. He said Waris pasted images of himself, his wife, and a knife on several pages of the book, displayed them, and threw them about in the rural district of Nankana. Um, how did they get, if, if he's in a cell, sounds to me they gave him up. How did, well, I guess they probably held the um, police officers and got the, the keys from him. I don't know. To me, that sounds too easy, too easy. Um, Alpa said an enraged mob of hundreds stormed the Warburton police station where some protesters used a wooden ladder to climb a wall and opened the main gate for the angry mob. Alpa said the group ransacked the entire police station and took Warris from his cell. By the time police reinforcement could reach the scene, the mob lynched the man and were about to burn his body. But police, with the help of saner people in the area, foiled their attempt. Charges of blasphemy carry the death penalty under Pakistani law. Wow. So, what? Hmm. I don't know why I thought um, Pakistan was... Why did I think their more popular religion was something else? I don't know. Hmm. All right. Um, next up, over for th- another report again of children being abused by the Catholic Church. But anyway, let me get through it. Um, over 4,000 children abused by Portugal's Catholic Church, story courtesy of Al Jazeera. The Portuguese uh, Catholic Church sexually abused at least 4,815 children since 1950, a new report has found. The commission investigating the issue said on Monday that 77% of the perpetrators were priests and most of the victims were men. I'm sorry, I can't read the rest of that one because we've read too many similar stories and we are going to say the same things over and over again. And my, my end thing is, 
down with the whole Catholic Church. Turkey probes contractors as earthquake deaths past 33,000. Javette, this one ties back to the story last week where there are, you know, no permits, no building permits. Hmm. So let's see what it says here. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. Turkish authorities are targeting contractors allegedly linked with buildings that collapsed in the powerful February 6 earthquakes as rescuers found more survivors in the rubble on Sunday thankfully, including a pregnant woman and two children in the disaster that killed over now 33,000 people. A despair bred rage at the agonizingly slow rescues the focus turned to assigning blame. Turkish Justice Minister said 131 people were under investigation for their alleged responsibility in the construction of buildings that failed to withstand the quakes. While the quakes were powerful, many in Turkey blame faulty construction for multiplying the devastation. Turkey's construction codes meet current earthquake engineering standards, well, at least on paper, but they are rarely enforced, explaining why thousands of buildings toppled over or pancaked down onto the people inside. Among those facing scrutiny were two people arrested in Gaziantep province on suspicion of cutting down columns to make extra room in a building that collapsed. The state-run Anandolu agency said. The Justice Ministry said three people were arrested, seven others were detained, and another seven were barred from leaving Turkey. So who are the people from the government of um, facilities that are going in to do inspections at various stages of the construction process so you see it's not about what people can afford to purchase now it's the shortcuts that are being taken by the contractors by those within the construction industry who put up these buildings and by those in the various government bodies who oversee these construction projects. You can't just hold the people who put the buildings up responsible. You also have to hold the various agencies and its employees, its representatives responsible. They're either failure to go and do inspections or their failure or, you know what, let me not even say failure there. Their corruption, just ignoring, choosing to ignore the shortcuts. How can you, when you're putting up a building of a certain size, magnitude, a certain number of columns have to be in place. They have to go so many feet into the ground to be able to withstand. If you live in an area that is earthquake prone, you have to use a certain type of steel in the construction. Not to say the steel is going to prevent the building from crumbling, but the way it would fall would be different. And chances are it may just sustain cracks versus crumbling altogether. There is steel that is designed to sway, not stay steady. The engineering 
did not come into play here. They just put up these structures quick to either sell or lease and happy to collect the money without any thought for those who are going to be living within these buildings. While we mourn the loss of the over 33,000 and more than likely the death toll is going to go up, we still have to be grateful and thankful for those whom have been found alive, some battered and bruised, alive nonetheless. And whilst there is life, there is hope. In the midst of the devastation, God is still there. People are going to have to start their lives over. I do believe the government of Turkey, and I'm sure Syria is probably in the same situation, so let me say the governments of Syria and Turkey will just have to step up, rebuild for these people, because unfortunately their representatives failed to follow through on their responsibilities to see to it that when the buildings were being constructed, they were meeting code. There was no enforcing of protocol. So the government, along with these companies, these um, and what you call construction companies, everybody's um, culpable, if you ask me, for mass murder. There's no other way to put it. Mass murder. Next up, police arrest 15 after violent protest outside UK Refugee Hotel. Story also courtesy of uh, Al Jazeera. Police have arrested 15 people after an anti-refugee demonstration outside a hotel used to house asylum seekers turned violent near the English city of Liverpool. The Merseyside Police Department said a police officer and two civilians sustained minor injuries during the disturbance on Friday night in Knowsley. The police force said some protesters threw objects and set a police van on fire. The people arrested, who ranged in age from 13 to 54, were detained following violent disorder. Merseyside Police Commissioner Emily Spurrell told Radio City it was incredibly dangerous and there were a couple of injuries amongst the police officers. The Home Office has been using the hotel to temporarily house asylum seekers since last year and that's according to local media the people of nosley are not bigots and are welcoming to people escaping from some of the most dangerous places in the world in search of a place of safety those demonstrating against refugees at this protest do not represent this community more than 45,000 people reached the uk by that route in 2022 and most applied for asylum. What do people have against immigrants, those seeking safety, seeking a better life? What is this deep-rooted hatred? Amsterdam makes changes to red light district, cannabis, cannabis ban, sex workers will close at 3 a.m., anyone looking to go to Amsterdam uh, story courtesy of Baller Alert <laughs> Amsterdam's red light district will enforce a new ban and other rules starting mid-May visitors to the district will no longer be allowed to smoke 
cannabis. And under the new rules, sex workers will have to close shop at 3 a.m. It's been a long-awaited move pushed by residents who have long complained of disruption caused by tourists and want to improve their livability. Local media reported that almost all councillors, I'm sorry, I'm cracking up, that almost all councillors supported taking action to reduce nuisance to residents, the BBC reported. The city council also agreed that restaurants and bars would close by 2 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays and no new visitors would be allowed to enter the old city district after 1 a.m. Although it is illegal to sell alcohol from shops, liquor stores and cafes in the red light district from Thursday to Sunday after 4 p.m., the council will ask these vendors to remove alcohol from their shop fronts during that time or place them out of view. Amsterdam is widely known for its large amount of cannabis cafes that bring in millions of tourists a year. Hmm. Okay. However, locals have complained that the cafes attract street dealers and that drug and alcohol abuse is increasing crime. Okay, folks. So for those of you who were um, heading to Amsterdam, Understand that the rules have changed. Please. <laughs> they will be closing shop early. Um, yeah. <laughs> that story wraps up our stories on the international scene. Gonna take another quick music break. When we get back, we have stories out of North America.
Say a big thank you to everyone listening online, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Keep it locked. Coming up now, we have stories out of North America. Thank you for that one, Hyper Sounds. Yes, we will be dipping at Carnival. Well, not me. I'm sure many people will be dipping at Carnival in Trinidad next year. Next week. Next week. What am I saying next year? <laughs> next week. What we know about the mysterious flying objects downed by the U.S. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. The downing of a huge Chinese balloon off the U.S. US coast followed by the shoot-downs of three smaller objects over Alaska, Canada, and Lake Huron on the U.S.-Canada border, has raised concerns about North American security and further strained relations with China. Here is what we know so far. Late last month, a giant Chinese balloon termed a spycraft by U.S. officials drifted for days through U.S. skies before being shot down on February 4 by an F-22 jet off the South Carolina coast. China insisted the balloon was conducting a weather research and had gone astray. The Pentagon said it had a gondola the size of three buses and was equipped with multiple antennas, had solar panels large enough to power several intelligence-gathering sensors. It also appeared to be able to steer itself using winds and possibly a propulsion mechanism, officials said. On February 10, U.S. fighter jets downed another object off northern Alaska. Where's my screen jumping up and down? Okay, here we go. It was much smaller than the previously shot down balloon and lacked any system of propulsion or control, officials said. Then on February 11, a U.S. F-22 shot down a high-altitude airborne object over Canada's far northwest Yukon Territory, saying it posed a threat to the civilian flight. Canada described it as a cylindrical um, object and about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle car. On February 12, President Joe Biden ordered U.S. warplanes to down yet another unidentified object over Lake Huron. The object was described as an octagonal structure with strings hanging off it. It posed a hazard to civil aviation as it flew about 20,000 feet or 6,000 meters, officials said. The Pentagon said none of the four objects appeared armed or posed any threat of attack. Officials would not comment on the origin or function of the three objects that came after the Chinese balloon. So why has been recovered? Military teams working from planes, boats, and mini-subs are scouring the shallow waters of South Carolina for debris from the balloon, with military images showing the recovery of a large piece. 
Operations to recover the second object continue on sea ice near Dead Horse, Alaska. Recovery teams are searching for debris from the third object in the Yukon, while U.S. and Canadian teams were preparing an operation to recover the fourth object's debris. Okay, so what is in it? That's all I want to know. Can we hear what is in it? When you're ready to let us know, please let us know. Project Bluebeam. <laughs> Indigenous tribes sues the U.S. over lack of Pine Ridge law enforcement, courtesy of Al Jazeera. Holly Wilson had just left to pick up soda for a steak dinner when her nine grandchildren last May, I'm sorry, with her nine grandchildren last May, when a barrage of bullets was fired into her home on the largest Native American reservation in South Dakota, part of the Midwestern United States. Her six-year-old grandson, Logan Warrior Goings, jumped from the family's love seat and raced across the room to his grandfather and was shot in the head. It took at least 15 minutes for a single tribal law enforcement officer to arrive, but by then, the drive-by shooters were gone. And Logan, a kind and gentle boy who loved Xbox and his Siamese cat Simon, was dead. Months later, father and son who live near Wilson on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation home to Oglala Sioux tribe, were shot and killed by an intruder, and their bodies were not found for six days, she said. Recently, Wilson's oldest son was held at gunpoint in his home. These types of crimes have become increasingly common on the 14,000 square kilometer or 5,400 square mile reservation. Only 33 officers and eight criminal investigators are responsible for more than 100,000 emergency calls each year across the reservation, which is about the size of the state of Connecticut, tribal officials said. The officers and investigators are all federally funded, but the tribe says the law enforcement presence is just not enough. The tribe sued the Bureau of, the Bureau of Indian Affairs and some high-level officials back in July alleging the U.S. is not complying with its treaty obligations nor its trust responsibility by failing to provide adequate law enforcement to address the public safety crisis on the reservation. The federal government countered in court documents that the tribe cannot prove treaties. Huh. Force the U.S. <laughs> oh boy, force the U.S. to provide the tribe, you know, I'm stopping right there for a second. Down here in Florida, the Mikasuki, they have their, uh, and the Seminoles, they have their own police force. These tribes, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, they don't have a police force of their own. And if they don't, they should. Because you cannot rely on those that the U.S. are going to provide for you. Hence, the reason why it took 15 minutes for them to show up, because they don't care. And if you're going to have such a large reservation and such a small force, that tells you everything you need to know. It's a no-brainer. 
It is a no-brainer. There is a story coming up later on. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get to it. I have it in the Believe It or Not news. And this is a story I've been following. They kind of go hand in hand if you ask me. The things that are allowed to happen. Yes, I'm saying allowed. Black ranchers arrested after years of harassment from white neighbors. Story courtesy of Bala Alert. Black ranchers who have documented the racial harassment they have endured were arrested Monday by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. For months, married couple Courtney and Nicole Mallory, who own acres, and I want to believe it's about a thousand acres of land that they own over there. Um, that land is in East El Paso County in Colorado. They have documented the discrimination they've faced from white neighbors. They were thrust into the spotlight in January when a story published by the Ark Republic highlighted how their animals were brutally killed and racists vandalized their property while the sheriff's office has seemingly turned a blind eye. However, with the Mallory's Monday arrested to Paris, law enforcement has picked a side. The Mallorys have a restraining order against neighbors Teresa and Bonnie Clark for harassing them. The Clarks have a protective order against the Mallorys. However, according to the arrest documents, Deputy Sergeant Emery Gerhardt says it was the Mallorys. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Mallorys that frequently bothered the Clarks. <laughs> Gerhardt claims a video shows Nicole stopping her car in front of the Clark property. She then exits and places her hands in the air saying, hands up, don't shoot. In another event, Nicole is seen on video using a loudspeaker to address Clark, insinuating that she should get ready for heaven. Probably the most damning evidence against the black couple was unusual wiring coming from one of the transformers on one of the power poles. That's according to the Southeast Power Company, saying that the hookup was not conducted by them. So, <laughs> I'm sorry that they cut this um, article short. I don't know why. But anyway, Courtney and Nicole Mallory were charged with stalking and Courtney was hit with a theft charge for allegedly stealing the Clark's trash can. They both have since been released. You know, what's interesting is that um, these people, this couple, they have made complaints. They have documented everything and nothing has done, has been done. Sorry, absolutely nothing. They have been terrorized for years. And despite being terrorized and targeted, they still contribute to their community. They feed people. And this is what they get in return. And I, I brought up this, this article on the heels of the other one with the indigenous tribe. They have something in common. Nobody's going to take the side of the black ranchers and nobody's going to take the side of the indigenous folks in this country.
So what do people do? Should they sell their land? No. They bought that land. It's their land. They pay the taxes. And the only thing, because I don't believe this black couple is crazy, that they're just going to get up and, you know, go stop at these people's gates. For every action, there is a reaction. Am I wrong or am I right? Right. But for every action, there is a reaction. But the minute you, the, the only unfortunate thing is that, well, we don't know. So far, we don't know. But it appears as though the only people who have video evidence are the white folks. The black people have no video evidence to substantiate any claims that they're going to make. And I hope they do, but it has not yet come to light. But for years, their neighbors want them gone. Yeah. They have been attacked verbally, constantly. Their cattle killed. People have damaged their property. A thousand acres, beautiful land, land for miles. Minding their own business, going about their business, and this is what happens. Now we have the indigenous tribes. The only recommendation I can make to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, if you don't already have your own police, you need to set up your own police so that, you know, they can work for you because you cannot rely on the United States to protect you. They're not going to put enough manpower there to protect you. And then we're going to hop on over to Florida. Ron DeSantis. Florida passes a bill backing DeSantis' push to relocate migrants. Courtesy of Al Jazeera. Legislate. Ah, hold on a second. Let me see if I have it here. I came across a video. And I said, I, I hope I saved it. I really hope I saved it because I'm a little alarmed. I'm not sure why. But there is a deep connection with DeSantis and some property owners. Is it in the DR? It's either in the DR or Puerto Rico. I don't want to quote the wrong thing. But allegedly, the, these folks in, um, shoot, I have to go dumpster diving for that video. Um, these, the person who is talking the video lives, it's either in the DR or in Puerto Rico. But somehow there are some very wealthy people connected to this land, which they operate like a slave um, encampment. And they're behind DeSantis. And it's a whole, it's ridiculous. When I saw it, I was like, what on God's earth is going on? But anyway, let me not digress. Legislators in the U.S. state of Florida have passed a bill backing efforts by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis to transport migrants and asylum seekers into Democratic-controlled parts of the United States, a push that critics have decried as indefensible. The measure approved on, approved, okay, it was approved by the lovely state of Florida provides $10 million to create a new initiative dubbed the Unauthorized Alien Transport Program to fund DeSantis's plan. 
Last year, the Florida governor, a rising conservative star who is expected to seek the presidency in 2024, joined other Republican state leaders in funding the relocation of asylum seekers to largely liberal areas of the country. DeSantis still has to sign the bill which allows his administration to transport migrants from anywhere in the U.S. before it becomes a law. The measure passed in a 77 to 34 vote. What's up, Florida? Hmm? What's up, Florida? Florida, state of many immigrants. Florida. <laughs> uh, you forget majority of y'all are immigrants? How quickly we forget where we are coming from. 77 to 34 vote in the Florida House along party lines. What's up, Florida? Now, what gets me is that this will allow his administration to transport migrants from anywhere in the U.S. It, he's the governor of which state? Why are you concerning yourself with the rest of the U.S. of A. DeSantis? Worry about Florida. But what you're doing is still wrong. And it was approved. And it's going to be signed. He's going to sign it. What if they did that to your grandparents, um, DeSantis? Just move them all over the country. Your illiterate grandmother that came here, who served no benefit, if you think about it, because she only came to do nothing to be with her husband when these people are coming here to do something to build the very houses you live in and I'm sorry if I sound very ignorant right now but I don't care what if they had taken her and moved her all around the country hmm? and along with that the college board slams Florida for what it calls slander of AP black history course this is like it's getting ridiculous. The college board is hitting back at top officials in Florida over the state's ban on a new AP African-American studies course that's being piloted in several states. I'm going to stop right there for a second. You know, as I was thinking about this um, whole banning of books and pulling them off shelves or covering them up and they have to be vetted by trained personnel and i remember talking about pornography you know children shouldn't have access to pornography in these books and it dawned on me what this pornography is it's not pornography in relation to sex it's how the indigenous appeared in their form in their natural form most of the women were to are topless and, you, you know, they're wearing a skirt. That, those are the images that are in these books. It dawned on me. And then, as far as the slave trade is concerned, it, they were transported. The images that we show is how they were transported. So I realized that's what they're calling <laughs> um, what it, pornography. How is that pornography? The images, I guess they should have drawn them with clothing on them, but that's not how they were. That's not how they came across. 
That's not what happened. So we want the dumbing, the dumbing down of the truth. That that is where the pornography. Comes. I'm here thinking, which school in its right mind would have pornography on its shelves? And I went ding 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 ding. That's it right there. Because I'm thinking back to when I was in school, and those beautiful images that we would see with the Arawaks on the shores extending their hands and welcoming Columbus holding hands and how were the in, how were the indigenous uh, dressed the Arawaks dressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scantily clad. Or just a loin cloth or something like that. So now I get it. But um, how can you sexualize that and classify that as pornography? That behooves me. I don't know. Beats me. I'm sorry. I don't get it. But... In light of that article, I'm going to jump to the next one, which um, comes under our Black History moment. And it talks about a book. <laughs> Roberto Clemente. Anybody familiar with him? Roberto Clemente, book removed from Florida Public Schools pending review over discrimination references. Story courtesy of NBCnews.com, or I should say this article. Written by Nicole Acevedo, a book about late Afro-Puerto Rican MLB legend Roberto Clemente cannot be found in the shelves of public school libraries in Florida's Duval County these days. Roberto Clemente, Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates, by Jonah Winter and Raul Colon, and other books about Latino figures such as the late Afro-Cuban salsa singer Celia Cruz and Justice Sonia Sotomayor are among the more than one million titles that have been covered or stored and paused for student use at the Duval County Public Schools District. That's according to Chief Academic Officer Paolo Renfro. School officials are in the process of determining if such books comply with state laws and can be included in school libraries. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed laws last year that require schools to rely on certified media specialists to approve which books can be integrated into classrooms. Guidance on how that would be implemented was provided to schools in December. Books must align with state standards, such as not teach, K through three students about gender identity and sexual orientation, not teach critical race theory, which examines systemic racism in American society in public grade schools, and not include references to pornography and discrimination, according to the school district. In January, 52 certified media specialists for Duval started reviewing about 1.5 million book titles. I hope they read every single one of them. Sonia Duke Bolden, a spokesperson with the public schools district, told NBC News on Friday. Close to 2,800 books have been approved by media specialists so far. Duke Bolden did not say if more books were reviewed, but not approved. PEN America, a nonprofit group that advocates for free expression in literature, 
said in December that 176 elementary school books from their Essential Voices collection were among the titles removed from Duval County Public School Libraries. The organization said the books removed included some substituted titles and more than 100 deemed to have content too mature for the grade level for which they were included in that collection. Duke Bolden said that 47 substituted titles which were swapped in for books in the Essential Voices collection that were unavailable were sent back. Of the more than 170 books, 106 were deemed to be useful for our reading goals and have been distributed to classrooms, while 26 others remain under review. Note that even though a title may appear to be appropriate, we must evaluate each book's full content for its age-level appropriateness and full compliance with Florida law. Duke Bolden added that. Of the books removed from Duval County, more than 30 were by Latino authors and illustrators or centered Latino characters and narratives. Among these, Celia Cruz, Queen of Salsa by Veronica Chambers and Julie Marin, Sonia Sotomayor, Woman Who Broke the Rules series by Kathleen Kroll and Angela Dominguez, and Winter's Clemente book. The son of the Pittsburgh's Pirates player, Roberto Clemente Jr., told NBC News he owns the book which was written for children K-3. through His story is his story. He went through racism. It's something that cannot be changed, Clemente Jr. said. But obviously, for the younger students, if it is something that they feel is too much for them, they might be able to utilize a different book with the same story, but it's framed differently for them, for that age group. Clemente Jr. added that he expects his father's life story and legacy to empower people of all ages. Learning about Clemente's achievements, his pride in his Afro-Boricua identity and his struggles with racism and discrimination would provide needed insight on historical conditions in the U.S. and inspiration for the majority Black and Latino student population in Duval County schools. That's according to Lourdes Rosado, President and General Counsel of Latino Justice. We urge the school district to restore this book and others that shine a light on the experiences of exemplary people in our country who have contributed greatly to our society and culture. Clemente died in 1972 when his plane crashed off the coast of Puerto Rico as he was delivering relief supplies to earthquake victims in Nicaragua. He was 38. He denounced racism and discrimination in his native Spanish language. He spoke publicly about his experiences as a black Latino climbing the baseball ranks during the civil rights movement. He even spoke about political and social issues alongside Martin Luther King Jr. Didn't know about him until I came across this article and I shared it with my co-mods. Okay. Woman. Yes, Apple. Yeah, I, 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 I just I repeat what them do during um 
um, doing the, the wall burning down a certain part of the library, uh, Alexandra Library um, in Africa. So that's all they must do. Just instead of burning, they must have do it a different way by burning them. Take them off of the shelf, come up with some lame excuse, say it promote this, it promote that. They get me. So the, the, the knowledge is power. And as we say, um, this woke bill or whatever they want to call it. You see, so all of our people are, are, are read, you know what I mean? All of our people are, are realize a lot of stuff that yo, the government, government has been lying to them for a very long time. They start to rebuild. They want to learn all the, the, the nonsense, all the lies. So, that a certain freedom power <laughs> and them, the, the, what they can think and uh, what they can think about is for the best way they can come up with is to go and burn these books so that the younger generations though um, aware of these information the, um, this knowledge and probably try to run against them in the future or whatever it is you know what I mean maybe the oldest them right now can't really do nothing but eventually they want to maintain them power so what better way than for attack they, they, they uh, with the kids them are learn and all them something with by getting rid of certain empowering books you know what I mean so you know they're not the new under the sun boy it, it, it yeah Babylon are going fall that's all I can say so here's here, here is what is a little funny for me last week we spoke about Celia Cruz going to be on a quarter right <laughs> So when a child picks up that quarter and says, who, who is this? What if the child goes to school and says this? And let us say this happens before the book is allowed. The book about Celia Cruz is allowed back in the classroom. And I hope it will be. But let us say a child excited because they saw a quarter in their, their parents' car. Goes in and says... Uh, teacher, teacher, Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, who is Celia Cruz? Can you tell me more about her? She's on a quarter. Now I can't tell you about her, sorry. But yet she's on the, but why can't you talk about her? She's on the quarter. Ah, oh, we're restricted with what we're able to talk to you about. Sorry. You're going to have to do that research on your own. She's on the quarter that is going to be all over the United States of America. But we can't talk about her in the classroom or read about her in the classroom. Make that make sense. I will say this much and then I'll keep it moving. I celebrate you, Roberto Clemente. Your story will be told one way or another. One way or another, young boys will see or hear about you and will be inspired and will, when they get older, say they were inspired by your journey because you can't silence people. You may try, but you truly can't. What we need to do is figure out how to continue the conversation and unify our cultures and nationalities. And what I'm asking for is for us to stop the divide, culture against culture, nationality against nationality. We need to stop. 
if we don't recognize that there is a need to stop it, something is wrong with us. Stop the division. It serves no purpose because that's what they want you to do. Fight against each other because divide and conquer works. This group not liking that group, that group not liking the group over there, that group not liking the group down there and around the way. Stop. Stop feeding into it. Because the more you feed into it is the more you're stoking the flames. Find ways to unify cultures, music, art, history. Let us find ways to come together, appreciate each other, recognize our differences and celebrate those differences. Because at the end of the day, we need each other. We need each other. Go right ahead, Chief. Yeah, you know, it, you as right as you are, the, the, the truth of this CRT ban and everything is result is the result, the residual effect of what you just said, this idea of unification, right? And what white America saw during the summer of 2021 specifically is people unified who rallied and protested and marched through the streets. And the majority of them did not look like people of color. They were white kids who were wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. There were white kids who were going back to school and saying, going to school, coming back home and saying, Dad or Mom, I saw my grandfather in a photo in history class spitting on a little girl who was escorted by the military going into a school. Tell me about that and why did that happen? Because we're talking about recent history now. You're talking about kids who are seeing the Philly bombing in, in the 1980s, where, where that community in Philadelphia was bombed. And they're seeing their relatives, they're seeing their relatives in current history, right? So they can't say, oh, that was a long time ago. Or, that was in the past. This is current history. And most of us who are probably on this call have parents or were the direct benefactors of some of those criminal activities, like the bombing of four little girls. That wasn't that long ago. You know, you think about all these different incidents that is showing up in their history books and people have access to information now and white kids are saying, why am I the beneficiary of someone else's ignorance, of someone else's racist attitude and behavior practices that is now a national agenda, not a group against another group. It's the United States of America. It's the school, it's, the, it's states, whole states that are endorsing and embracing critical race theory laws and saying we as a state are against you. That's, it, it is, it's appalling when you think about it from a, from a culture pers perspective and think about how, how far is humanity progressing? We're not seeing progressives in whether it's political or otherwise. You're seeing regressive, oppressive. You know, that's that's what we're really looking at. So th this idea of unifying, this is like that major blow that ensures the majority of white Americans who control society 
don't have to feel they're the ones who are afraid of feeling guilt it's not the it's not the kids that are in school it's their parents who have children in school and they have to own up to their own history and that cognitive dissonance that they possess is a, is a is a real mental illness and it is affecting us it's obvious that it's a mental illness i'll land there thank you so much chief appreciate your input Ah, yeah. Yeah, moments. Uh, look what take place in uh, um Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I'll just make a uh like. I don't know if you have the time for the with it today. If not, um, I can look into it and then if you want, I can bring it forward tomorrow with uh some new bill what I want for passing in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, yeah. So I just make you just you know do the intro everything from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. So much going on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Someone open their mic. Go right ahead. Yeah. Morning again. Good morning, James. Good morning. Yeah, and and that's why the point that I have always supported about you know segregated like, schools and community centers, they are needed. You know, like I understand all cultures coming together and stuff like that, but. If you look at a lot of groups, especially community centers, a lot of Jewish organizations make sure that, you know, when one person, immigrant, comes to North America and, and becomes successful with millions of dollars, they put back into the community and they open, like, community centers where, like, there are books that are not in school that you go to those Jewish community centers and they are in the community center, they, they get to, you know, to learn culture, the culture of, 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 you know, where they came from, their history and everything like that. They're not going to learn in school. They learn those stuff in community centers. So I believe that, you know, us as a people, that's where we need to look to because when they can stop it from going into public schools, you know, when you have community centers and, you know, um, segregated schools that you determine whatever you know, books and stuff you want to have in there. I think that is a way to go. And because that's traditionally how, you know, Africans, you know, pass down um, in, in, their, in their villages and, and, and pass down history and stuff like that. And I think that is important because even I told you already, like my two kids, um, younger kids, they're in a after school program that, you know, when they tune into those after school programs during the week, you know, um, they're coming from a school system where, you know, they're, they're, they're seeing mixtures, a, a mixture of, of students and stuff like that. Um, they're not seeing black teachers. 99.9% .9 of the teachers are not black. They're, they're white. Um, so when they tune into the after school program, they're seeing teachers that look like them, teaching them, they're learning about black history like not just in february like every week for the year they're learning something about black history um they're learning math they're learning english they're learning everything and they have that type of connection so i believe that if it's not in the system that the government provide we as a people need to provide that for 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 because we we hold to them right we we hold to um our young boys to say like look just coming out of slavery in in america young black men show them images like back in the 50s men were were wearing like 
suits and, and were looking good and were dancing and, and treating women like, like queens and stuff like that, not having their pants like their boxers showing and, and calling women derogatory word and calling themselves. So we need to go back to that and support community centers and stuff like that. And I think that's the only way we're going to control our own destiny and not have the government controlling it for us. And I'll leave it there. All right. Thank you so much, James. Appreciate your input. Okay. So that wraps up our um, Black History Month highlights. Sonette, did you have anyone you wanted to highlight today? Any feature? Um... I'm sorry, I was someplace else on the app. Um, sure, let me go grab the book. Um, I can, I could. I wasn't prepared, but I could see the <laughs> running in the apartment. Oh, what happened to the book? We were cleaning up. There I'm sorry, is. take your time, take your time. I'm just going to grab one person. Oh, this is special. Let's take a picture real quick. Um, so it's going to be Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, while I speak, while I try to take this picture, I'll just um, tell you. Ella Fitzgerald is a jazz singer. I think we all are somewhat familiar with her. Uh -huh. um, she was born in 1917, died in 1996, so very recently. Um, a young woman in Virginia, Ella longed for independence and dreamed of one day becoming an entertainer. As a teenager, she was living on the streets and singing for pennies. But in 1934, at the age of 17, she got her big break. She entered the amateur night contest at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. She signed up as a dancer at first, but uh, changed her routine to sing when she saw her competition. They were dressed in sparkling matching dresses while she was in tattered clothes. But she wowed the audience with her unique voice and won first prize of $25, worth about 500 today. Literally going from rags to riches. Um, I'm going to jump ahead. <clears throat> Over her long and successful career, she recorded more than 200 albums and some 2,000 songs. Ella has gone down in history as one of the most iconic voices of all time. She was fondly known as the First Lady of Jazz and the First Lady of Song. And I'll leave it there. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, what's her most popular song? Um um, it is a hit single is a tisk a task a tick sorry a tisket a tacit. I am not the biggest jazz fan. I'll be honest, <laughs> so I can't tell you. I know what that song sounds like, although I may have heard it in some time. You know, oh. this she was um, very <laughs> popular. She was a solo career in 1938 is when um, she released a tisket a, a taxit Sorry, I can't even say it. A tisket a tasket. Yeah, do like you know that. it? Uh, I've heard. But if you ask for the tune, I don't know the tune. I can't come up with a tune right now. But I'm familiar with hearing people say the term, a tisket, a tasket, something, another, something, another. <laughs> but yeah, so Ella Fitzgerald, thank you so much, Sanet. She is today's Black history icon. Yes. I think someone else was going to say something. I was going to say the name of the song, a tisket, a tasket. I have something about I have a yellow basket or I found a yellow basket. I've heard it before. It's um, They used to uh, use it in movies Ah, back in the day. Back in the day. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Let me see. Um, hold on one second. I have a song. All worries behind her voice. You. 
But in your dreams, whatever they be, dream a little dream of me. Buzz, 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 Still craving your kiss. Yeah, I'm longing to linger till dawn, dear. Just saying this. Sweet dreams, dreaming. Till something's fun, you keep dreaming. And I'm going to play the other one a tisket, a tasket. which also features Louis Armstrong. I found my dream. Hmm, hold on a second. Is that it? No, okay. On Blueberry Hill. Hmm. When I found you. The moon stood still on blueberry and it wasn't until my dream come true. The I'm listening to this, and why do they have this in Pandora labeled a tisket a tasket? That doesn't sound like it to me. So I'm listening, hoping to hear it. Let me try this one. Hold on. Let me try another. No, that's not it at all. Yeah, let me try this one. This one is a performance live with the crescendo, 1961. Pandora needs to go back and relabel it. A brown and yellow I send a letter to my mommy on the way I dropped it. I dropped it, I dropped it. Yes, on the way I dropped it. A little girl, he picked it up and put it in her pocket. She was trucking on down the avenue with not a single thing to do. She went a peck, peck, pecking all around when she spied it on the ground. She took it, she took it, my little yellow basket. And if she doesn't bring it back, I think that I will die. The voice of Ella Fitzgerald. A tisket, a tasket, I lost my yellow basket. And if that girlie don't return it, don't know what I'll do. Oh, gee, I wonder where my basket can be. my yellow basket won't someone help me find my basket make me happy again again no 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 just a little yellow basket 
first lady of song, Ella Fitzgerald. Thank you, Sonette, for today's uh, Black American history um, as we celebrate. What do you, what's the right term for this month? It's what's the right term? Black History Month is what Black we, is History what I Month. Yeah. Called, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere else. Thank you, Sonette, for our Black History icon for this for today as we celebrate Black History Month. Ella Jane Fitzgerald. All right. Um, it's the first I'm hearing the song in its entirety. As I heard the first part, a tisket, a tasket, whatever. <laughs> I brought back, yeah, I was able to remember that part. So here's the thing, folks. The beauty about communication, the beauty about gathering, whether it's on social media apps, which has somehow brought the world closer together, whether it's gathering in your living rooms or at a restaurant somewhere, sitting in the park, laying on the beach. When we gather in groups, this is how we pass information along. Not just to talk about frivolities and have careless argument, according to some Jamaican parents, but we can pass on history and those who have made an indelible mark, those who are well-known and those who are not so well-known, because believe you me, you have a lot of people who work behind the scenes to make things possible. The unknowns, so to speak. We don't hear their names, but we may be using things that they invented on the daily. We may be enjoying freedoms. And you know I use that word loosely. Freedoms right now because of the steps and the decisions those before us made. So it is so important that we pass their history on. They can shut us out of the classrooms, but they cannot shut us out of our living rooms. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for humoring me as we went through some history, took a walk down history lane. All right. In business and tech news, New Jersey Italian restaurant to ban children under 10 years old. I wonder why. Story courtesy of BallAlert.com. An Italian restaurant in New Jersey has made the controversial decision to no longer allow children under the age of 10 to dine in the restaurant. Nettie's House of Spaghetti announced the move via social media on Thursday. According to the Post, the change will go into effect on March 8. The Tinton Falls restaurant says the decision to not allow children to eat in the restaurant was not taken lightly but based on some recent events. Nettie's did not specifically say what caused them to ban children. We love kids, we really truly do, the Post read. But lately, it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children at Nettie's. Between noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, and the liability of kids running around the restaurant, we have decided that it is time to take control of the situation. The policy drew mixed reactions in the comments, some agreeing that it is a good idea, while others felt it was too harsh. Sorry to hear this one person wrote alongside a thumbs-down emoji on Facebook. Either way, 
the controversy is bringing attention to the restaurant. The Facebook post got so much attention, Netties limited the comments. It still garnered over 30,000 reactions and has been shared over 8,000 times. Their Instagram post has over 2,000 comments and the restaurant limited who can see the number of likes. How do we feel about limiting children to restaurants? I think it depends on the restaurant. Quite frankly, if you go out for date night, it all depends. What's the atmosphere like? What What's the ambience? If it's all about couples and romance, would you want to have children there? Would you want to know that you're on a date and you can't get to hear what the other person is saying or focus on the person in front of you because there are loud screams or something gets tossed and it lands on your table? There are many places. Oh. Go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead, Sunny. No, I'll tell you ahead. that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no go no, ahead. I mean, the that's their statement it's their restaurant it's their business and i just thank you for telling me i just know i won't make a reservation and, and i will not take my under 10 year old to your restaurant to me it's your business you've decided to do it um you it's the same i'm really not gonna make a big deal about it i just know i'm not going to your restaurant right ever <laughs> but <laughs> most and and of course now and when my child turns 10 I'm still not going to your restaurant. So just thank you for telling me in advance so I can know that's that's all it is. I'm not a I'm not a protest outside. Right. Because I know how to cook. <laughs> okay, thank you, Sunet. Go ahead, but, Jack I mean, in, in, Instead of doing that, why can't they just split the venue in half? I don't know, maybe have a family section and then have a non family section. Wouldn't it it'll probably be probably make more sense doing that? That's a good idea. That is a good idea. I like that idea, Teflon, because it reminds me of Joe's Crab Shack in Miami, where you have the casual side and then you have the formal side. So nobody feels excluded. If you, if you want to dress up and pull up in your Bentley or your Maybach, you can, you know, dress down dress from head to toe in your suit and your glitz and glam there is that side the formal side and if you just want to be in your shorts and t-shirt like myself and flip-flops there is the very casual side that you can go to so i like that idea i don't know if they were posed with that idea yeah probably not teflon but that's a good suggestion that someone could make to them I know someone else opened their mic. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was saying there's a market out there for different types of restaurants. I think it's just distasteful because like they used to accept kids before mm -hmm. and then they just drop them. But for restaurants who open up and the idea is like no, no kids, that's okay. Yeah, I think the thing is when you've been accepting them all along and then you stop, so word to anyone looking to open a restaurant know your target market understand your demographic who are you marketing your business toward what's the ideal environment you want in your restaurant there are certain restaurants i would never take my children to point blank 
because you get the sense that there is a certain type of atmosphere that they want there. And so you maintain that, right? When my children were younger, there were certain places I would not take them. I know. Be granted, they were well behaved. They would not be screaming or throwing anything. People would always say, oh, my gosh, how do you do it for boys? And they're so well behaved. Oh, it starts at home. But um, I think... That, I think that's the big issue for them to have started out as a quote unquote family restaurant and now saying children under 10 are not allowed. I think that's where they went wrong. Um, I like your suggestion, Teflon. They could still maintain family or one side. But then let me ask a question. Would people feel... I'm discriminated against. Oh, because I have children under 10, I have to sit over here in the kiddies' corner. Would that, how, how, would, how would they feel about that? Would they be comfortable with that? I think I think there's always going to be that discomfort. People are still going to um, feel away. But I think it, it probably slightly better than just saying, right, kids are not allowed in here anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, next story. If you use Olapex, ladies or men, not sure. I think this is mostly for women. You may want to pay attention to this story. Customers suffer hair loss and chemical burns after using Olapex. Lawsuit states, courtesy of Ball Alert. Multiple women are suing famous hair care company Olapex, O-L-A-Plex, P-L-E-X, accusing them of causing hair loss and extensive scalp burns. Millions have adored the celebrity-endorsed products, but a group of 30 consumers is claiming that these products are dangerous. According to the plaintiffs, Olapex left their hair... I keep saying Olapex. It's Olaplex. Let me get it right. Left their hair brittle, dull, and broken, despite its promise of restoring damaged follicles. One woman says the products caused her hair to completely fall out, Others documented harsh chemical burns. They say the company initially ignored their claims, leading them to believe that there was an underlying health condition causing their hair loss. However, some customers did confirm they received refunds after complaining about excessive shedding. Social media groups are now dedicated to discussing the damage caused by the products. So, um... The lawsuit is seeking $75,000 in damages. If any of you or anyone you know uses Olaplex, please um, pay attention. You may want to stop using it. Um, the Olaplex number 4C bond maintenance clarifying shampoo. Olaplex number 4D uh, clean volume detox dry shampoo. And Olaplex number eight, Bond Intense Moisture Mask. Here's the thing. If you can use natural products on your hair, that's better. As much as you can. It's hard. I know it's really hard. But um, let's try that. Let's try. All right. So that's... Yo, America alone realizes everything you use eventually can kill you. <laughs> it's like they've never... From the Jamaica, almost years out enough cable and watch it, me, me, me wonder like, why is it only America alone, see, have these ads? 
you know what I mean? Them introduce them and then a couple years later you see them all come and tell us, oh, may cause death or you may be compensated. And from them time till now, from your young youth till now, it's still a continue. And then now, over here, yeah, here, so they can't eat this food, they can't drink that food, this in your water, so the water is not good for you. Um, ice cream, you can't eat the ice cream, you can't eat the popcorn. You, know. it, it, it just, you can't even breathe in the ear. <laughs> you can't even breathe the ear over here. <laughs> I don't so, think it's just America, <laughs> though, in Africa. I think they're it's the one who always. I say, never really see nobody else do it. And if other places are banned, they must say, hey, they must ban these products are coming from the US. But, but here's the thing we have to remember we don't have access to the news for every single country, right? So we don't want to put an, an attack, per se, on the US, right? Because I think situations have come up in other countries where it's just that we don't have that information you know what i mean and every country is going to try to we are we are in the states so we're going to get what's in the states and jamaica love foreign things um a lot but i don't want to let it look as though it's just things made in america or things out of america you know let's not do that let's not do that because no i ain't trying to do that i'm just saying based upon growing up over the years and come and being over here and all something that's all i see that is always them so that type of who me know about you get what i say and when other countries like a complain like africa can watch african news channels and stuff like that um they even say the same thing a matter of fact them say certain things them can't get your person say hey we don't want it anyways because it it, it um the good feel and such and such but me i talk about um, like growing up and uh, and when we always are hearing the news when it comes to products being bad for a um, couple of years later and down the line. So it's not like me and try to say, oh, it's produce one blanket or anything like that. I just, oh, I always are hearing about the news. Uh, so that's all. Yeah. Hey, Fabian, go right ahead. Yeah, moments. I'll make it quick. I just want to say good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Coincidentally, I am planning a show on the dangers of a lot of the hair products. Um, and I want to do the show sometime this week. If anybody has an interest on being a guest or know somebody that has a natural uh, hair product line that would be a part of the panel, I would love for them to uh, inbox me. All right? So just putting that out there. All right. Thank you yeah, so thank much. You. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you so much. And I will say this too, even with natural hair products, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person. Let's remember that. Okay. It all, it boils down to, um, texture. Some people have thicker hair and, you know, denser hair. Some people have fine hair that sort of thing. So even with natural products, you have different brands will work differently for different folks. The concoction, I don't know if I should use, that's the right term, but the, the makeup, the, the ingredients, some people can only use mayonnaise in their hair. Some people can put red stripe bear in their hair. You knew that, right? <laughs> and it works. Some people can only use egg in their hair. So for even though you're going to be using natural products, even those people who make natural hair products, they will tell you, do a um, patch test or follicle test. I think that's the right name for it. Right? Don't just dab the thing all over your head and then cry out. We have to be... Um, we have to educate ourselves as well as consumers. 
All right, just wanted to put that out there. Go ahead, James. Yeah, yeah moments. Can I, do, do you think um, the regulations in, in America are too lapsed when it comes on to products? I don't know. I the, think the, it boils down to who is pushing the money. No, because I I saw this um, interview with this um, young lady. She's Jamaican background, but she lives in the States. Mm -hmm. And she created um, this this um, personal care product that she said, like, good for your women's private parts and steaming and whatever. And she was able to get it in the market without any studies or anything like that, uh, going through any um, regulator body in America. And she was able to, she's able to sell it online, sell it to customers, have it in stores. And I'm like, that sound a bit, a bit weird that a product like that, that women are going to use, but she didn't have to go through any, um, like testing and any, any, regulator body like to, to do like a one-year testing or this or that but she was able to get it on on shelf because she's saying like it's a natural product and stuff like that and i i thought that was a bit strange because i know like any type of product like you're doing here like you have to do testing even even labeling like um, james i i have seen for example with supplements that have not been approved by the FDA, but they do put that disclaimer. Are you sure that disclaimer was not on her labels? No, but but what I'm saying is that in in other countries, like you you're not going to get a product on to consumers, like use it. It's just like putting out cigarette and say smoke at your own risk. It, it's not going to happen in in a lot of other countries. You're going to have to, especially products that can damage you, your 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 body and stuff like that. You're going to have to go through FDA or go through some type of body, like especially like a, a pharmaceutical type of product or, or product. Because like I know here, like even um, a lot of the, the products that like Jamaican products in Canada have to be done different from the Jamaican products in Jamaica. Like, for example, labeling, you can't get a product in any reputable, in any um supermarket shelf or pharmacy unless it's labeled in french and english so like stuff like that and it have to be tested you know so i, I found that a bit strange right. so um good morning everyone good afternoon good, actually good afternoon nostra yes go right ahead um i think that there's two things that you mentioned one is labeling and two is product testing and i if I'm not mistaken, I believe product testing is more integrity of the company unless there's a particular chemical that is used um, that the FDA regulates. The issue with some of these regulations with the FDA when it comes to natural products is like we have to understand how these systems work because I don't want to say the wrong thing. It's just to do your research of what the FDA already approves and what they don't approve. And then in regards and labeling is something a little bit separate. Um, that per, depending on what product it is, is just mostly set to inform the user what is in the product. And I think it just goes back to integrity of these companies. Um, and then the consumer holding their, um, these company to their integrity because they they'll do whatever they want to do because we the consumers allow it and vice versa okay 
All right. Thank you so much, Nastra. And I can't believe we're at the end of the road already. Uh, somebody has wanted to make a comment. 60 seconds. Go right ahead. Donald, go ahead. No, I was saying based on the supplements you talk about that don't get FDA approval, I saw a documentary on that and there is some rule that if you're using your main products are products that are already approved. So for instance, if you go to the pharmacy and buy something that is approved and you put it into a supplement, I don't think the supplement itself has to get the approval and I'm subject to correction on that. But I think there is some loopholes around something like that. Okay. Yeah, because um I'm I have seen products on the shelves, especially um over the counter products where it will tell you it's it, it, the disclaimer is there has not been approved for human consumption by the FDA or something to that effect. They're there. So we have to pay attention to our labels. And if we are not comfortable with it, because we see that disclaimer, don't use it. Otherwise you're using it at your own risk pretty much. Right. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to have to wrap up there. Unfortunately, I am out of time. I want to say a big thank you to everyone that was listening online, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you were listening to Coffee Into World News On The Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Join us 10 p.m. Eastern tonight for the pre-Valentine show. Music and conversation live on Days After Dark Real Relationship Talk. You can listen live on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Want to be a part of the conversation? Join us right here on Clubhouse. It's myself, Javette, Sonette, Rosolo, and Marlon. And yes, we're going to have in a day's relationship advice segment. But it's all about love songs. Yeah, whether it's reggae, R&B, oldies, but goodies. All about love songs tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tomorrow morning, there may not be any days after dark because I'm going to be doing, I'm sorry, no coffee until because I'm doing days after dark until 1 a.m. Tuesday morning. So it's a three-hour show tonight. We're going to be live on air uh, 10 to 12, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. And then we have the after show after that. All right. So join us. Looking forward to tonight. Take care of yourselves, folks, on QMZRadio.com and JohnOReader.com. This is Moments with me signing out.